I don't let people die because it's the lesser of two evils, or expedient, or because it serves the greater good. I don't compare the act against something else. I see someone who needs help, and I help. You think it's a weakness. You think it's simple, but you're wrong. It's what makes us human, which is exactly what we're supposed to be fighting for. I know who I am. I rescue the helpless. I raise up the hopeless. I don't measure people's lives. I save them. Captain America. You want to fight? We'll give you a fight. Welcome to Fightcast. You gotta keep yes, you see I what happens, Dave? You yes, see what happens yes the first intro is going to be scrubbed, as a matter of you fact. You have to so. keep the blue. what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fightcast. How is everybody happens, doing man. out there in internet land? Um, I've got a very special episode of Fightcast for you today. I have with me today four of my very special friends. Mike Lubke. Yo. Catherine Jacobs. Hello. Darwin Hall. How you doing? And the lovely and talented Kirsten Wade. What? I'm not lovely, Dave. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not talented. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you, man. Uh, no, I'm you do notice <laughs> I was referring to Kirsten at that point. Right? Like, you do notice that. Yeah, I, I, I'm lovely, too. <laughs> okay, listen. If anybody doesn't has not seen a picture of Darwin Hall at this point, his beard He's is incredibly lovely. lovely. Yes, yeah. he is right. lovely. <laughs> Damn um, right. Although, if he doesn't call me lovely and talented, he sleeps on the couch, so... Yeah. That's... That couch is comfy, though. Exactly. I really don't care. So, um, uh, as we all know, uh, one of the features of this podcast is going to be taking a look at uh, modern uh, and uh, classic films and uh, the fights that are depicted therein, so that we can pick them apart in all our nerdy goodness, because that's what we love to do here. So, um, you all recall that at a certain point, I uh, uh, posted in the uh, Minnesota Sage Combat Open Gym uh, Facebook page. That, uh, hey, guys, I got this podcast going on, we're going to take a look at some films and everything. Which kind of films would everybody like to see? And I listed a bunch of films on a poll, and the overwhelming top winner of that poll was Captain America, The Winter Soldier. So we're going to be talking about Captain America, The Winter Soldier today. Well, it should be. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, trust me, we're going to get to some other films on that list at some point, although, however, I have to say that it just makes sense to start at the top, so here we are. Now, um, I also, I think it's, uh, I think it's fair to make, uh, to make a point that A, Kirsten is making wavy arms at the cat to try to get the cat on the table. Cat did not even Um, look at me. (laughs) Also, that everybody at this table is either a current or a former member, uh, of the cast of Human Combat Chess, which is coming up April 29th, 2016. What a coincidence Um, that we're all here. There's not a single chance. Two weeks before we open. There is not a single chance we're going to be plugging that show at the end of this podcast. Human Combat Chess. Why would we ever plug Human Human Combat Combat Chess Chess by Six Elements Theater? April 29th with Christchurch Lutheran. Exactly. In Minneapolis. (laughs) Minnesota. I'm actually surprised with all the rehearsal schedules that you were able to get every, like, five people. That's the nice thing about churches. We have Sundays off. Yes! (laughs) Suckers! It's like equity day off (laughs) for Jesus. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait! What's 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 equity? 
<laughs> Except the church is actually a union that keeps its employees. <laughs> yeah, so exactly, it right? Works out. Exactly. So um, we're going to kind of go by this film, or at least we're going to try to go by this film, fight by fight, blow by blow, and try and pick apart what we love, what we didn't love um, about the uh, combat direction, and uh, tangentially tying into the fight direction, some of, some of the stunt direction of this film. Um, so I... Uh, I, I guess a great place to start is at the beginning. Cap being a dick to a guy he meets on the running track in front of the Lincoln Memorial. <laughs> Does he make a habit out of this? Do you think? Let's let, let's go running this morning and see who I can antagonize and see if they recognize. You me. know, there's going to be that one overweight guy who just took up running last week. On your left, on your left, on your left. Well, but at the same time, he's trying to be courteous. Yeah, because what's he supposed to be? He's just run. Through he's totally just doing his thing. Just, like, hey, sorry, just gonna. I don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But so, like, the as a bigger dude who just started running, I don't get upset at that guy. You know what right. I mean? Like, it's it's only the guys who are in good shape but don't have super serum that get mad at that. Yeah. <laughs> as well, they should. Yeah, that's true. Really, yeah. he's just going to be antagonizing like roided out bros, and right. I support that. Yes, as an American <laughs> value. Yes, yeah. <laughs> All these games and I can't outrun this motherfucker. He's from, the, he's from, he's from World Talk War II. Talk shit on cardio again. Just yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Also, does get... he have to run every morning? Does the super serum like require upkeep? I don't know. Is I think just there's off? a point which you just have so much energy. You know, yeah, yeah. 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 has to burn something off. Well, and, 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 and to be fair, Steve Rogers is a soldier. I mean, he spent a lot of his life that matters. Let's face it, mm-hmm. as a soldier, and so I mean, you're going to carry over a lot of those things that you have it's, with training. You know, well, and that's that's. I mean, that's what even uh, what Falcon mentioned. I can't remember what the characters. Sam Wilson. Matt, Sam, Sam Wilson. Wilson yeah. Sam. Uh, he even mentions like this. Your this is your was it it's your pillow. It's like, this is... It's your bed, isn't it? It's your bed. Feels, feels yeah. like a marshmallow. Right. Yeah. And he's just talking about, like, he's doing the thing that makes him feel comfortable and makes him feel at home. Yeah. Um, but also, I still think that with the Super Soldier Serum, if you... I mean, if Captain America sat on his ass for a full calendar year eating nothing but nachos, he would get super fat. Yeah. Um, I, I still think it just... It enables him, like any other sort of performance-enhancing drug, it enables him to train longer and harder to achieve higher goals. So sure. is this the origin story for Bob the Blob? <laughs> wait, wait. I'm it's gonna say yes because why not? Um, I mean, <laughs> also there, there's the symbolic value of the fact that he's just doing a running track around the reflecting pool of the Lincoln Memorial. <laughs> yeah. Just you know, nothing ever of importance has happened to the Lincoln Memorial. I mean, it's not like Martin Luther King and Forrest Gump spoke there at some point. You know, yeah. like Did you're you right. I, I, Two very yes, great. <laughs> I, no, I choose to believe. I choose to believe that Forrest Gump and Captain America share a same universe, and that there must have been a point with, with this running track where Cap just took a moment and paused on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and said, you know the thing about Vietnam? <laughs> I lost my best good friend in Vietnam. That's all I have to say about that. Cap was asleep during Vietnam. Anyway. Nobody saw the movie. But he saw Forrest Gump. It's a point. It had to have been on the list. So, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, are we, we going to talk about a bunch at some point? We're going to talk about some fights at some point. Was Forrest Gump on the list? Because that's the problem. No, Forrest Gump was not on the list. Listen, let's be honest. There's a lot of things that should have been on the list that weren't on the list. That's a whole separate podcast. Daphne. Punk, for instance, you know, like let's just again let let's 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 wait, let that if lie. If it was on the moment. list and it's in the same universe, was it a documentary then? 
Oh God! Forrest Gump is a documentary in the MCU. I think we can all call that here. Yeah, with our mind assembled, canon. Do you think he's got his own uh, uh, Smithsonian exhibit right next yes. to him? Yes. <laughs> is it the, with the, all the clippings of the running out of the Captain America, World War II hero, Avenger. We, we we salute you, Captain. And then right next to it, we salute you, Forrest, for taking that run across America for Jedi. <laughs> well, it's, it's they go World War II hero, Vietnam I'm hero. Right? It, it works. It totally yes, works. it does. Yes, it does. Right in the middle is like, I don't know, who's a Korean, who's a guy, Korean right? guy? Like, who's Hawkeye. Yeah, exactly. Well, Hawkeye. No, no, the, other yeah, Hawkeye. The, the other Hawkeye. The other Hawkeye. Okay, and ladies and gentlemen, we've gone off on our first official tangent. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it back to where Darwin tried to bring us, which I, I is, which, which, which is the first official fight of this film, which is it's on a boat, it's on a boat. Everybody, take a look at the motherfucking boat. All right, and so. Um, when we go back to 2008. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay, so we have uh, Cap is uh, assaulting a uh, mobile satellite launch platform, which is basically just their excuse to say a gigantic ship. It's a really big boat. It's a really big boat. Really big um, boat. Somewhere in the Indian Ocean, let's just say in Indian waters or whatever, I think that was mentioned later on in the film, <laughs> and uh, to, trying to rescue some hostages, ostensibly. So um, let's take this through. First off, I have to bring this up immediately. Cap gets dr- Cap jumps out of the Quinjet. No parachute. I get that. Yeah. Let's just say, let's just leave that one with 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 with, with all the physics implied. Oh, no, no. Get jumps it. into the ocean. Yep. Doesn't like climbs up the anchor chain to the boat. Super serum. Okay, so far so good. Yeah. Not a drop of water on him by the time he gets onto the deck of well, the boat. Ultra hydrophobic <laughs> treatment on all of his clothes. Water runs right off like water off the duck's back. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's wearing, wearing a helmet. Yeah. His hair gel is hydrophobic. It's gonna take. I don't care how strong you are. It's gonna take a, a while. Hundred yard chain. It's gonna take an hour. with the wind uh, blowing, that's gonna dry yeah. you right off. Right. I don't know why I'm doing this. On he's thinking to himself when they make the video game of this. This is going to be a cutscene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so no. when people no, 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 are it's a saying game. this, a, B, they are a, making B, climbing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> However, we, safe to doing. say, once he gets onto the deck of the boat, starts regulating. Starts well, kicking ass and taking well, Why do we think of this? I mean, because we're seeing. We're, I'm trying to contextualize this in terms of just coming off of. In, in the moment of when the movie came out, like, the last we saw of Cap, he was riding off into the sunset after Avengers. No helmet, by the way, violating New York uh, motorcycle codes. And, um... Yeah. And, uh, ostensibly deciding to work with S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess. Um, so, he's clearly taking a leap in terms of both uh, yeah, tactical yeah. gear and in terms of his fighting style when he uh, assaults this boat for S.H.I.E.L.D. I think it looks so routine. Yeah. Like, as much as I he's just doing this, this is his job. They now. make yep. a really good show of how, like, the, the interactions with, between Cap and Romanoff yep. um, in in the, whatever the, the, the flying thing is, uh, prior to this, it's they're establishing this is, yes, a highly specialized and important mission, but it's very routine because these are highly specialized and important people. Right. And the way that he lands, for stealth purposes, as the first, you know... Basically, clear a safe landing zone so that later people can parachute in. Yep. Um, he is just going about his business, making sure people are off. 
Yeah. yeah. He is just running around turning people off. And I think the great thing that this initially shows is that we have seen so many movies uh, about uh, action heroes secretly landing onto boats and shooting the shit out of people. I'm sure it happens in one of the Bourne movies. Uh, it happens <laughs> in Taken. It happens in a whole, like... Of some Most sort of, of bond takes right. place on a boat. Yeah. So you get you, you have special agents, secret agents, fighting gun-toting uh, criminals or what have you, uh, knocking them down and, and taking them out with ruthless efficiency. Yeah. And they managed to take that with Captain America, the most mundane of the of the primary Avengers, I would say. I'd say the guy who's just a dude with a bow and arrow might be the but most not, mundane. But not a primary <laughs> Avenger. He's not like he doesn't, Avenger. he doesn't have his if own we're talking film about, series. If we're talking about Iron Man, Captain series, America, though. Thor. Yeah. Hawkeye, Hawkeye, Hawkeye does not have his own film series. Hawkeye does not have his own film series. So, you know, yeah. as, as a primary like main thread Marvel, yeah. uh, cinematic universe, he's the Luke Hang. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. You need a if relatable you, if you rank yeah. them, If you rank them of the Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, clearly, I guess you could say he's the most right. quote-unquote mundane of the yeah. bunch. He's, he's, he's the paladin. He's the one you throw into the Exactly. What's well, a super paladin? He's just a person, only more. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you see him, and I think the, the first thing that we see that sets him off is fucking physics. Yeah. Like, we okay. see... So, like, we see him throwing pretty standard action-style punches and such. They just we, hit harder. They yeah. hit harder. We see people fly off the edge from just a punch. We see him bouncing shields off of shit. Yep. Um, and we see, uh, like, we just see impact. We see people flying, and we and we see it with effortless grace. We see a kick to the sternum, and a guy slamming into a bulkhead probably five to ten feet away. And it crumples. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's not like a, ooh, I'm going to super saiyan up and kick you. It's just like, and I'm going to fucking kick you. Bam, and then wham. Right Which is, I have to say, in terms of uh, special effects trying to sell your superhero's powers, mm-hmm. it goes a long way without doing much. Well, and the more casual you can be in a moment like that, yeah. the more it's going to make him look just like, oh yeah, this is you know, and, day 33 so of a guy through a bulkhead. <laughs> so, yeah. right. An economy of movement where yeah. every yeah. time he punches, he also comes back for the elbow in someone. He kicks that guy through the bulkhead after running up to yep. him to get that extra force of the run in the... And it, but it yep. never comes off, because you can, you can achieve that, and you get that a lot in a lot of uh, Eastern martial arts cinema, where you yep. get people doing or, or, or it was even exaggerated in... Um, Taking the Yin Wo Ping style action into uh, the Matrix, mm-hmm. where uh, especially like Matrix Reloaded, where he's like, "I'm going to do this single action that's going to dodge a blow and punch two other people, and then I'm going to do that three times in a row." Yeah, that's just we can't buy that as something that is humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And even though he is superhuman, yep. human is still in there. Yes, it so is. We, we're still recognizing him moving fast enough yes. and seeing threats before they yeah. happen and anticipating them. Well, this is, and there's still somebody on. who has two fists and two feet, no repulsor beams, no you know gigantic reach, no hammer, no obviously. spider sense. Yeah. But it should be noted that in Captain America's, like in his mythos, there are multiple times where they talk about his ability to see things faster than other people. And he is which a is a physical impossibility. Which is the peak right. of human yeah. capability. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, true. <laughs> okay, it's, the thing that I was watching the other day... Seeing things faster is completely impossible. You're correct. Right. Perceiving things faster is completely yes. impossible. Yes, by the way... But, yeah. Like, specifically, his eyes work faster has no, come up I, I, I feel like <laughs> it just doesn't no, work wrong. like that. Yeah, I, I feel like it's apropos. I feel like it's apropos to point out that Catherine Jacobs is possibly the only person at this table with any bona fides when it comes to, you know, oh, talking about the human <laughs> mind in combat. 
Bonafides, it's a term that I took from caustic soda. Okay. Just roll with it, dude. I'm, 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 I was rolling with it. You went back. Credentials. Cr- cr- credentials is what I'm trying to say. He's a very credential. In so much as Catherine is, is someone who has taught a neuroscience of fighting course yeah. at a stage combat seminar more than once. I say that's good enough for a court of law. Right? So that's good enough for this podcast. Um, so th- thank you. I appreciate your unique insight as far as this goes. But um, keeping trying to keep us on track. So. Um, going through the going through the the A level dudes on this boat is I have to say at times both brutally cringe inducing and comical because he goes from doing uh, shield to this guy's face fist to this guy's uh, other face boot a guy into a bulkhead probably crushing his spine let's be honest mm-hmm. I mean clearly this is a guy who does not show any qualms about lethal or debilitating for life force mm-hmm. against baddies right. Um, and then, as he's running down the deck of the ship on the side of it, I believe the starboard side, yep. um, just bowling over dudes mm-hmm. that happen to be in the way. Like, yeah. some dudes, I'm going to devote special attention to make sure I punch you square in the jaw and make sure I get you kicked across the deck. But this guy, I'm just going to bowl into the and, ocean and yeah. just <laughs> smack him right into and the And we boat. go from what is normal, what is, what is shot in... Thankfully, generally pretty pretty uh, uh, conservative, nice wide shots yep. of taking out multiple people. This isn't close up shaky cam. We can mm-hmm. see what's going on. We can follow yes. every hit. Yes. Uh, so thank then God they... the mid two thousands are over. <laughs> <laughs> thank God Michael Bay never touched Marvel. Um, but oh. the fact that then like you're, like this bowling, the, the shoulder bowling over. It is an ultra wide shot. It is like an establishing shot of the boat. You see just this little figure. Run, 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 run. Boom. <laughs> and this other guy falls off the edge. Run, 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 run. Yep. And uh, going into a dive, going... The great thing I love about his, at least the action direction of this part of the film, is just the utter seamlessness of it. There's very barely a moment where he stops moving. He oh. stops moving for just quite to assess his surroundings and then to know where he's going to go next. Right. And then, oh wait, there's some more people like, whose bones I need to break over there. Because he can run 30 miles in 13 minutes yeah, or whatever. Exactly. The hell he has the luxury he's of the training. situational yeah. assessment there. And then, um, okay, the, the, the moments of Cap going through the A-level dudes is great. It's a great establishing moment for the film. But, of course, the first real resistance he runs into on the boat is Batrock. <laughs> George Batrock, played by the absolutely, I, I, I mean, astounding George St. Pierre. As much as I, want to, as much as I want to dive into George St. Pierre, because don't get me wrong. You can dive into George St. Pierre a little bit. We got time. Uh, I'm just uh, saying, a little prior bit. Prior to that, I think something that is worth noting. <laughs> yeah. Um... Is that as part, and I think this is this plays an important role in terms of how we treat the violence and the characters in the, the whole of this film. We do see something that I would consider uncharacteristic, or it is uncharacteristic of a hero. Yep. As part of him taking out the A level guys, where we see after he slam after Cap slams a guy into the uh, into the wall, and he's reaching for the alarm. There's a knife there in his a, hand, a throwing knife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cap sticks a knife in someone's hand, and something that is long been... against a metal bulkhead. Oh yeah, <laughs> like oh did that work? Pin well, and then later it comes out. It's it's awful. But yeah. Here's here's something just to keep in mind in reference as as we go on and talking about this, and as you viewers at home if, or listeners at home as you go watch the film yep um there's a general rule uh in western storytelling good guys use guns 
bad guys use knives. Mm-hmm. A knife is a villain's weapon hmm. because the knife is something that the viewers have a visceral connection to. Knives cause horrible pain that people have experienced, and they don't want their heroes inflicting that on other people. It's a very relatable danger. Because a very small percentage of the audience is going to have been shot. Yes, but um, everybody has been chopping up some onions or something, and oh fuck, you know, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Had some and even that little reaction. bit sucks. So you imagine, like, oh, if that went through my hand, holy yeah. fuck! Or if you talk <laughs> about the fears that people have in terms of day to day hand to hand altercations, most likely it's going to be it's going to either involve a uh, possibly a handgun, but most likely mm-hmm. bare hands or a knife. Yep. Yeah. Knives are not only that, but guns. Yeah. guns in movies. You know, you get shot, you clutch at your gut, you might have zero blood. You might just be yeah. a bad guy who falls over. Yep. Yeah. Knives, whatever you do, there is blood with it. Whether you have a big slash across your face mm-hmm. or, you yep. know, you're through the hand or now you've got a big bloody smear on the front of your shirt. There's yeah. always that more gory. Which and which is worth noting because as a PG-13 film, mm. they, there were, there's incorporations of knife in this frequently without a heavy amount of blood. Yeah. Yes. Whereas... Fuck, tons of people are getting shot. Like, there's a <laughs> but, lot of dead bodies at the end of this movie. But one of the things I that this film... counted. It, it became too many. Yeah. yeah. One of the things oh, that this God. film pulls off masterfully, I think, is the, I, is the danger still being there. The stakes still being there with the weapon without necessarily the gory results of yeah. the weapon being yeah. used. Mm. Uh, amazing the way that they sell that. Yep. The, the way that the actors sell the danger and the knife. It comes down to... the the. We're going to probably say this over and over again with this film, but the attention to detail yep. mm-hmm. is what makes it, mm-hmm. I think. Um, Especially in terms of the fights. And exactly. So, getting to George St. Yes. Pierre. Oh my god, George, George St. Pierre. Pierre. <laughs> now Mike dives into George St. Pierre. Hold on, hold on, I need another sip of my drink. All right. In old fashioned, by the way. Mike, dive into George St. Pierre. Okay. Full guard! No. <laughs> exactly. No, but, um, the... Let's lead off into the Batrock fight by saying that there are there have been only a few people to challenge Captain America in a fight. One of whom is a similarly enhanced super soldier serum re- candidate or you know recipient, I guess, a Norse god yep. who is from a different level, possibly a different plane of existence, yep. um, a, a super powered mechanical cyborg. Uh, I'm sorry, straight up robot in yeah. Ultron, yeah. Um, and a pirate, which is Batroc. Yep. Which is, yeah. I mean, I have to say, definitely the most uh, in terms the, of levels of badass to step. In up terms to of that, challenge right? given yes. to Captain America in a hand to hand fight, the the most that anybody, any mundane human, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. has ever given. Captain America any kind of challenge whatsoever. And so let's just give a hand to Batroc for that one. You know, just really, really well done. And part of that is because of George St. Pierre. Now, Mike, what makes George St. Pierre such an amazing candidate for Batroc the Leaper okay. in this film? Because, so, let's be honest, in the comics, Batroc the Leaper is, is he's, he's almost comic relief at this point. He was basically a, a French dude who could do parkour with a ridiculous mustache and a purple costume who fought Captain America because he was a worthy opponent. Literally, that is it. And I will grant that I know... Literally nothing about Batroc as a character prior to this film. So do most Captain America fans. I, I, I didn't, didn't know, know he, he was a thing. Yeah. Um, I just know George St. Pierre yeah. because I follow the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And George St. Pierre was the former welterweight champion of the world. Um, he had a, like, he retired 
uh, on like a freaking ten fight win streak. Um, his he was the thing was people started getting to the point where they almost weren't as interested in watching him fight yeah. because he fought too perfectly. Really, he fought in a way that just did not put himself at risk. He started off as a Shotokan karate fighter. Okay. So he's got some really stellar kicks, which you saw in the film. Yes. Uh, but then he, he as he progressed, he learned a lot of really good, solid grappling, wrestling, uh, and ground and pound. Taking someone to the ground and punching them in the head. Yep. Repeatedly. Uh, so, and what he would constantly do as a fighter is fight not to his strength, but fight against his opponent's weakness. They would put up a striker against him to make it a really exciting striking match, and then he would grapple that striker. <laughs> and then they'd put him a, put up a grappler because, like, the only way that George St. Pierre could possibly lose is going to be if you take him down and submit him. They throw a grapple at him, and he just jabs at him and <laughs> closes the dude's eye completely shut with jabs over oh. five rounds. It's pretty gross. It's a shutout. That's all he would do. <laughs> Literally a shutout because his eyes <laughs> shut. shut. <laughs> um, so uh, he's a. And as, and as a as a physical specimen, he is probably one of the strongest athletes that has ever competed in mixed martial arts. Yep. Uh, he he trains in gymnastics in the off season. He does all kinds of things. So he's a perfect choice for this role. Well, because what I was about to ask is, I mean, is George Saint Pierre a fighter in kind of the tradition of Jean Claude Van Damme, and where he's using a lot of savate French high kicks? You know, yeah. going straight to the face or the jawline or way higher than he really needs to. He throws a he has thrown a lot of high kicks in his fights. He's won a couple through head kicks. Like, okay, he, he's a, he is a person. While while you have a lot of stunt guys who yes they can do all the gymnastics, they can get their leg up there, they can do extreme martial art tricking or whatever, which is yep. basically just martial arts flavored gymnastics. But now we've cast a person in a stunt role. He knows exactly what it feels like to connect shin to chin and render a person unconscious. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> Only it, so many guys in the world who can say that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, that do, was literally his job. I do have to say one thing for him. Um, I, I've watched a couple of his fights, you know, very just tangentially paying attention. Yeah. Um, you know, I knew his name, but I just didn't know his details. I would not have guessed he was welterweight. And I actually just looked up his stats, and yep. he is a tiny man. Yeah, really? he does Very not short. look. He is five, how tall is he? Five ten, one seventy. Really? Yeah, oh, he is wow. a welterweight. Yeah, yeah, he was but, kind of big for welterweight. He cut weight down to welterweight. I bet in this film he was yeah. probably 180, 190. Yeah. yeah, but but he does not look. He looks like he is a formidable. Yeah, you know, more hmm. definitely equal to Captain America. Force. Yeah. So that just, I, I love mm-hmm. that they were able to do that. Uh, nothing else. Like, in addition to having to shoot a fight scene yeah. and wanting to really get nice and wide, not to use too many camera tricks, because this mm-hmm. fight has some nice, beautiful, long, multi chain yeah. attacks. Yes. Mm-hmm. No interruptions. Let's just let the guys so work. So we, we can break this fight down, I think, into two parts. That's uh, the, the part A, which is Cap fighting him with the shield. With the shield. He's yeah. got the shield on his left arm, trying to counter with his right. Using using the left off, obviously, to defend these great high kicks and these punches that are coming at him at lightning speed, by the way. Yeah. And then there's the part B, where he takes the moment, puts a shield on his back, pops his helmet off, because, of course, we have to see the lovely actor Chris Evans' face. Yeah. And- <laughs> it's totally a character 
Yeah, well, you know, he, he was put- also fighting a guy who did not have a mask on. And so yeah, he's exactly. putting himself on even yeah. ground. Yes. The challenge was, I thought you were more than, he's at a shield. And also, Chris Evans is hot. So, like, <laughs> yeah. out Smoking. For those, for those who haven't seen this movie, and by the way, why, why are you, you listening, listening to this, this episode if you haven't seen this episode? Because we, we are, if you haven't been able to tell so yeah. far, we're already like only 15 minutes into the film. We're, we're going to spoil the shit yeah. out of it. If, so. if you're waiting for an endorsement to hear whether or not the film was good, go it see yeah, the movie. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> then come back and listen about the Helicarriers. Exactly. So, you know, we'll just, so, we'll just um, go ahead. Hail Hydra. Okay. So, uh, but, but, but for those who have not yet, the, the, the idea is that he fights Batrock, kind of, and in an encounter, Batrock comes at him at, out of a blind spot, gives a flurry of blows, beats him back for a second, and then he says, oh, I thought you were more than just a shield, and then Cap just puts a shield on his back, pops his helmet off, and says, in French, well, let's find out. You know, and of course he already knows. Let's be honest. He knows. He doesn't need to find out shit. You know? Mm-hmm. And so, and, and then he goes at him hand to hand. And which is honestly worse for Batrock because yeah. he doesn't have, he has both his arms free. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, I, I have to give George St. Pierre the credit as an actor combatant in this, uh, in, in this um, particular uh, vein because he made his opponent look very good in order of Chris Evans or whoever Chris Evans' stunt double is in yep. certain shots. Let's be fair and give yep. credit where credit is due to the stunt performers. Yep. Um, yeah, really, really gave blows and at such a speed and at such a precision that he's deflecting them, and I believed it. I believed it to a certain extent to where, like, if I saw that particular sequence of blows in, say, a, an MMA match... I could somewhat believe it. Yeah, I get this. In the context, of, in the context of a film, it's obviously been choreographed, but like it, the, the violence in this film is rooted in a certain realism that does not let you stretch beyond a certain point of unbelievability. Which I think was a definitely a why there was a conscious choice to bring in George St. Pierre. Like, yeah, there is a reason why you choose someone to have a highlight fight who is a real fighter. As yeah. opposed to someone who does stunts in more stylized fashions. Yes. You are you did, are making a statement by casting that person he that do, you are rooting this. Did he um, do any films before this? Uh, George St. Pierre? George St. Pierre had been in a couple films. We've we we, 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 we got, we got, got some got facts over here. Sorry, uh, I just wanted to say Sam Hargrave is the man who is the stunt uh, stunt double for Chris Evans. His name is Sam Hargrave! Sam Hargrave! <laughs> 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 So, David, you'll find this interesting. Yes. He was the fight coordinator for the movie Rays, which you, if you are into fights, you absolutely need to see. We are going to be doing our it own episode on that film at some point. a bunch of women locked up in this compound, forced to fight each other. To the death. To the death. And, abs- I mean, it's just a wonderful fight movie. It is a movie to do brutal fights. Featuring the incomparable Zoe Bell. Yes. Oh, mm. Yes. Yeah. Raze. R-A-Z-E. Um, it is still huh. on Netflix, I believe. Also, check no, it out. He is stunt coordinator for Captain America Civil War. Quite and, a promotion. And right all there. of the oh, Hunger Games movies. Moving on up in the world. Well, well, and all of the Hunger Games movies. Okay. So, so he's been gotcha. doing this. Really but still, in that. terms of like the MCU, he's yep. stepping his game up. Um, so congratulations to you, sir, and uh, I want your jobs. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So out. if you could vacate. Let, let's be fair. <laughs> if you could just retire now. Also, 2000. 2011 Green Lantern. He, uh oh. Oh. Which, let's be fair, was not his fault and entirely the screenwriter's fault. Let's be honest here. Um, but so, I, yeah, yeah. So there, 
they string together series of attacks that are, um, oh, god damn, I wish I knew, remembered the, uh, um, Cavins, Fred Cavins, yep. um, a classic fight director, has a great quote about stage combat, and it's about how you need things to be all martially, logically sound, and all realistic actions, but they just need to be the most spectacular actions that could naturally arise. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so it's just real-life amplified. And that's really the best thing about Captain America, Yeah, is Captain America is just real-life amplified. He yeah. literally gets zoomed in. He gets taller post-serum. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there. there's a quote, I, I don't know if, if Mammoth or I, I think some kind of famous playwright wrote it. I'll try and put it in the show notes if I remember. But somebody said that drama... Is just history with all the boring bits taken out of it. Yeah, yeah I'll buy sounds that. like a thing Mamet would say. You know, uh, I, 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 I'm pretty sure it wasn't Mamet, but I, for some reason he came to mind. I don't know why. And uh-huh. and so seeing in this fight where you get, like you're saying, an almost unbelievably fluid series of attacks. Oh, even yeah. though every single one of those attacks, I have watched George St. Pierre throw in a real fight. He's pushing him across the deck with every single yep. one of his attacks. And 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 paying lovely fan service to me. I'm sure it was directed directly at me. Clearly. Um, <laughs> for, like, multiple of these are things that he has signatures for. Like, throwing the, the rear rear leg head kick. Throwing Superman punches, which he does to... Yeah. yeah, he throws Superman punches mostly to gain, like, to throw from distance. And Hitting his pushing. fist on the vibranium shield while he does it! And he and break his hands. Yeah, just <laughs> ignoring it completely. Um, I mean, we hear the shield, you know... The impact that the shield gets from from hits, so we know he's landing some hits on the shield. He doesn't care. Batroc doesn't care. Batroc <laughs> is the honey badger of the MCU. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll yeah, yeah. I'll, let's go with that. I mean, Batroc don't give a Batroc damn. Don't care. <laughs> um, and we get, but uh, as an interesting character point, yeah. at that turning point, prior to the whole let's talk in the middle of a fight thing, which I'll totally buy at that given juncture. Yeah. Um, we see Cap throw a crazy like. Three point, almost three point landing out of a cartwheel kick thing yep. to knock Batroc right on his ass, and that's what gives us the break. So we're seeing Cap, but Batroc in... gets up. Oh yeah, which is, <laughs> which is let's be honest, a simple move to sell on stage or in front oh, of yeah. the camera. If you can just but do it... the trick, then yeah. line it up with the head. It's an easy trick, and, and then and then do the reaction, obviously. But yeah, god totally damn, if it isn't effective. It's so right. Oh, yeah. right. the fucking head. All I have to do is do a flip. Exactly. Just you sitting at home, you should be able to do this right now. Yeah, but. Now we have in that single moment we learn about Batroc that holy crap we've seen we've seen Cap kick people unconscious into crumbled hunks of metal yeah and now we've we've taken he has now taken the most extreme kick we've seen him throw in the film and he's getting up and no, so I have to wonder being that it is well established that Batroc has no powers he is an ordinary man yep. who is extraordinarily yep. good at what he what he does is Cap holding back. Because his thing in the comics with Batroc is that they're very honorable and gentlemanly. Yeah, they're like duelists as opposed to enemies. And the Cap taking his helmet off, you know, sort of embodies exactly that. Is that really he should say, no, screw you, I'm here to save hostages. Like, I'm just going to do this and get over with it. Very conflicting motivations. We're going to come back to in the other part, in the other fights of this film. Yeah, it almost sets it up. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) I I wonder, uh, because I feel like I could buy him him, uh, holding back if it was in the second half of the fight. 
because we don't really have any moment of connection between the two of them until that True. kick has landed and we start having the dialogue about I thought you were more than a mask. Although I would he buy does, them, like, he does back know after who that. Batroc is. He does know that this is the guy in charge of everything, and he probably knows this is the guy who's going to give the order to kill the hostages. No one's going to die until this dude is either dead himself, and then so people I take it upon themselves to do their orders. That's still lends okay, some credence yeah. to the idea that, because there is also just, when you've been in a few fights, yep. you know what I mean? Like, because, yeah. like, you know, you see a boxer get punched in the face, you go, oh, it must not be that bad to get punched in the face. Right. And then yeah. you do, and it's like, oh, no, this <laughs> is the worst thing ever. <laughs> because at some point, that guy's just gotten punched in the face enough times that he can take it and roll with it. Yeah. You know, sort of the same thing yeah. where, like, Bertrack is probably going up against, if not yeah. superheroes, he's going yeah. up we against also... other Which people. is why you cast George St. Pierre again. Right. You cast a guy oh. who's got cauliflowered ears <laughs> and a were... stern look on his face. Yeah. While we were watching the movie, I think um, we also made the point that uh, Captain America only knows how to fight people who knew how to fight in the 40s. Uh, and and yeah. basically what up. Europeans no. knew yeah. about fighting in the 40s because he didn't fight in the Pacific Theater. He yeah. would not have learned any sort of Eastern martial arts yeah, he doesn't, or He hadn't picked American. up any of the Philippine He, fra- he learned right. like army combatives plus a couple other and things so here and there. And he didn't even have a full boot camp. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. would have had all he of that... He learned how to punch in the face. Um, all of that uh, training because his job is to be a badass mercenary who fights people. Yeah. So he would at least be familiar with all the different ways that people might come at him. Yep. yep. And Cap would not. So or maybe Cap is just unfamiliar with this type of fighting and where to mm-hmm. hit. Which And I think if it's if it is a conscious choice of I am not going to annihilate this person, I am going to knock him out. It makes Cap a little less of a hero because he's just fucked up like twelve guys yep. before him, and they are dead. Yeah. Are a couple either, of them, at least, are they dead. They're either for sure. off the boat, in which case, or they're, they're drinking out of a straw for the rest of their lives. Right. Or they are <laughs> smashed into a wall, and their rib cage is annihilated. So to have our hero be like, "No, it's okay. I'm going to do this honorably," to the one dude. Makes him a little less of well, a good guy. Or was yeah. he trying to bring Bertrack in for questioning? I think is the yeah. other thing. That or maybe Bertrack like, is yeah. the only one who Batrock. can say, hey, or Batrock, jeez. Batrock is the only one who can say, hey, maybe don't shoot these hostages. That'd yeah. Be cool. yeah. 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 Like, yeah, there that's are, the motivation. It makes There are some sense. chain mm-hmm. of command. You know, for the same reason yeah. where you bust into, you know, that well, never came to this, but he, he uh, Saddam Hussein's bunk, bunker. He, he, You're shooting everybody except, except him. Yeah. He got yeah. briefed on the way in. He knows that this guy, picture of Batroc, is yeah. is is the ringleader of all these people. Yeah, obviously, you're going to want to try and take that guy alive if mm-hmm. at all possible. But ultimately, Cap's mission, as was stated to him, is get the hostages off, get them off the boat, mm-hmm. make sure that um, all the terrorists are neutralized so that the hostages can get away. His mission mm-hmm. is not to kill people. His mission is not to take out this guy. Mm-hmm. Although he does kill. Yes, he does. He in, does. In, in the normal course of duty, which I'm sure anybody who's listening to this who's been in the military can understand, like... That is just because just because the X is your mission does not mean that you might not have to kill people to well, achieve more, X. To the, more to the point, my, my mission is to make sure hostages don't get killed. Making sure these people are incapable of killing hostages is a route to that mission. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Complete domination part of it. Yeah. So I but, mean, yeah. So this this turning point where we see uh, Batroc and, and as as you mentioned uh, that. Batroc uses definitely unconventional fighting styles. Like yep. His first couple attacks are actually Capoeiras in, in influenced. Really? Yeah. There's a couple when he's uh, after like a drop kick or something. He's getting up off the ground. He's doing a hand plant 
round kick, and then a couple other kicks off of that. Those are, I mean, those aren't specifically anything that's in his milieu. Yeah. Uh, but but borrowing from a more exotic fighting style. Whereas we see Cap throwing punches, throwing punches, occasional knees, and then whipping out the crazy corkscrew ultimate death kick down into the ground. <laughs> the ultimate death kick. To show that Cap has been learning some. I was going to say, he did that after uh, St. Pierre did it. Yeah. He's so. like, all right, I can learn from you. Right. And I can adapt to this. And so then we get this massive, this, this great big switch of, all right, now just hands. And it's worth noting that while he had his super weapon, like a thing that he uses as a weapon... Once he puts that away, then it no longer is an even contest. Yeah. Then yeah. he just starts to owning Batroc. He gets a check kick on the on the shin that like we hear a crunching yeah. sound. We do hear an <laughs> awful crunching <laughs> sound from the The leg is not crunched, yep. but crunching noises were Yeah. 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 Were utilized. <laughs> there are a lot of things that are not a break that make that sound. You <laughs> don't want any <laughs> of them happening. To be fair, to this you, was a discussion point when we were watching the movie. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what does that crunching sound mean? Does that mean <laughs> he should be incapacitated now? No, does this it mean that just... some of the fibers in that bone are not as strong as they used to be? Yeah. No. Exactly. Uh, that means that you have to resort to grenades to win this fight. Oh, and I, and I do <laughs> funny think, how that works. Right? <laughs> I also I I love that in addition to having all of the having George Saint Pierre do all the things that George Saint Pierre does. Yep, they finish the fight proper with uh, Captain America basically shooting in for a long driving double leg takedown through a wall. One of George Saint Pierre's signature moves, <laughs> and ground and pound, punching him in the face again. One of his signature moves, <laughs> which Batroc still gets up from. Yes. He takes a ground and pound shot from Captain America and gets up, albeit like two or three minutes later, but he gets up from it. Never, is the point. The Never the underestimate the power of adrenaline. Yeah. It's true. yeah. Never underestimate the power of piracy and what that can do to you. And never underestimate a well-placed fragmentation grenade. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's really not a thing you want to tear in a blind eye. That is going to be on your headstone one day. I have a sneaking <laughs> suspicion. Oh, it's really going to be on your headstone one day. <laughs> well, you know, he's... Among other things. And it's be a very the big headstone. Adhering <laughs> to the general rule of plan B should just be more explosives than plan A. If Absolutely. Brute force. If I think you're you not winning, you're not using enough of There's a really... Really bad joke about Plan B and fragmentation grenades. I was going to say, like, that's not <laughs> an issue. Oh, oh. Yeah. Don't you have, like, a shopping bag full of Plan B pills from some Mr. I was working yeah. to yeah. shopping yeah. bag full of Plan B. They're not fragmentation grenades. No, they're not. That's such Thanks. a boring way to solve that problem. <laughs> <laughs> The Ladies and gentlemen, the opinions of Fightcast <laughs> podcast are not represented by those of Darwin Hall. So now that we've all gone to hell. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so the next thing? Well, t- t- because we have to move on at some point from this. Dumb. Even though, I mean, we can all agree that, the, that, that, that those few seconds, because it is a very fast-paced fight that we get with George St. Pierre in that one, it sets us up. At the very at the very get go, that this is gonna be a very reality grounded film. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be a film that's gonna be grounded in some real martial principles. This is gonna be a very. This is not gonna be Thor: The Dark World. This is not gonna be uh, Iron Man. This is not gonna be any Hulk movie. Obviously, this is gonna be a movie where dudes are fighting dudes mm. at somewhat relatable levels of skill, at somewhat relatable levels of strength. With very little extrapolation needed and mostly practical effects, yeah. mm-hmm. which are 
Oh my god, Marvel can do those really well. But yeah. we're going to get to that at some point. So and moving I, on... Well, sorry. I would just say that this first fight, and honestly this first entire... Uh, se- not the first sequence, but this whole sequence, sets up the fact that Winter Soldier is not a kid's movie. No. no. It's yeah. a movie yeah. that kids could watch. I would have watched it as a kid and been totally fine. Yep. But it is not a kid's movie like all the rest of the Marvel movies are. You know, it's not... Oh, we have one or two blue jokes and kind of one brutal thing happening, but really we've got enough humor and fun for the kids. This is definitely meant to be just a brutal because it's it's a modern eighties action film. This is an appropriately dark superhero. It's a spy movie with Captain America. Yes, yeah, that's what it is. Where you know it's sort of hence Robert Redford. (gasps) The Dark Knight is just a great detective story. It's an episode of Law and Order with Batman. Batman. Exactly, and and this is the same thing. It's a political thriller that has these elements. Yes, Yes. Um, which I think lends itself to the gravity that we're all talking about. The fact that we are believing. All, is the fact that it isn't fighting aliens. You well, know, it's, it's, it's ultra yeah. relatable as opposed to the dark world where it whereas if or just as that little brief tangent, in, in Thor 2, if that final fight hadn't taken place in London, it wouldn't have been a superhero movie. It would just be weird sci-fi. Because yeah, literally right. it would have zero connection to humans. Yeah. yeah. So moving on. Um uh, very connected to Natalie humans. Portman, not a human. Na- <laughs> <laughs> Well, that we, I think we can all agree on. Oh, um, we can? Well, then I have some. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no human is no that fight? beautiful. What's, what's the so, next big fight? Well, what, a... what, well, I mean, there are some connecting bits, obviously. that This film is made up of a lot of great fights, but there are some connecting bits in between. Oh. For instance, I have in my notes here, Robert Redford is having wig troubles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's having troubles with his hairpiece. In the okay, very first only, scene yep, he shows up in... Beginning. His wig is too low on his forehead, and it was very distracting. But then, in like literally, they cut to the next scene, which was clearly just the next day on set, and it was fixed. And then for the rest of the movie, so clearly the editor was like, "Do we need to resh? Uh, it's just the beginning. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. uh, it's fine." And clearly, nobody noticed except Darwin. So no, clearly, somebody was doing something right. When I very first saw this movie, and I noticed this now because I noticed makeup. Sure, no, that's, that's that's <laughs> I've been drinking. <laughs> I saw this movie no. in theaters, what? and I noticed hair and makeup because that's something that I am love that I love mm-hmm. and I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, oh. Something's gonna happen with that hair. Someone's gonna rip it off as a comedic thing. <laughs> Something like I, the hair was Chekhov gunned for me <laughs> because it was so bad. We've been spending a lot of time tonight talking about Chekhov's gun. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, that was great. Excellent. Now, however, um, the next big piece of combat business that we have, as I like to call it, combat business, is a great euphemism. I have to say. Um, uh, so, this is what I do. Yeah. <laughs> However, this is, we, we have to slightly gloss over the Nick Fury SUV Hydra mooks fight so in the streets of DC. Piece. Uh, it yeah, is a great a, stunt yeah, piece. It is a great action, action sequence. sequence. Yeah. It really is. There's just not a whole lot of hand-to-hand combat, which is kind of what this podcast is geared towards. So yeah. let's suffice it to say it was awesome. There's a lot we could talk about there, yeah. but we're going to have to kind of gloss over it to get to the next bit. Big fight piece. So the next big fight piece being, of course, the elevator fight, which was teased so heavily in the trailers for this movie. So to set this up, Cap has a conversation with Alexander Pierce, who we learn later 
By the way, spoilers! No, we, we've already said Hill. Is Hydra! Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, Robert Redford is Hydra. Wait, so, what? like, yeah, I, oh. Were you not there? I'm so sorry. You mean I the really high profile actor they brought in as a guest star turns out to be the bad guy? I know, right? No. So, he. Okay, so Captain America has a tense meeting with Alexander Pierce where he tries not to lie, fails awfully, and then clearly Alexander Pierce is a very efficient administrator because he gets people to assemble. An elevator hit squad on literally no notice whatsoever, and, and on like six different Three floors. Elevators. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just like okay, I need you guys from five, you guys from seventeen, and you guys from four. Just you everybody get in the elevator. Suits. Changing your suits right now. Yeah. You guys make that sure you're attacked. That was so well coordinated that again, I have to wonder, like, how many times have they done this where it's just some office drone and he's like. Oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe it was not well coordinated. Maybe three guys on floor five were like, "Oh, um, damn it, we yeah. missed the elevator." Now we're, now we're in the that, or the guys, everybody starts attacking Cap in the elevator, and they're like, "Oh, oh, jeez, I'm, oh, I don't want them has to get any less than me. I better, I guess, I better attack Cap at the same the one time." Guy who's like, he's a janitor, but he's like. Uh, you know, he always looked to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just and taking think, a memo to the lobby. Because we also, on the elevator, we get to see a lot of really great anticipatory moments. Yes. There's that yes. whole sequence they where you see Captain just looking so around well. and goes, As more like, guys come into the elevator. Yeah, but yeah. also, and then like once they're all in the elevator, he's just looking around and he goes, okay, that guy's got his hand on his weapon. That guy's sweating and it's climate controlled. You know, like <laughs> this, is not, this is not a thing. <laughs> you know? And so it's like... And so you get this really great tension that yeah. then deliver like probably I believe one what of these TV surviving one liners of the MCC. What, what TV you know, tropes forever. I believe calls the Sherlock scan is you take yeah. a look at a couple of visual cues around the room and you yep. deduce and you from it. that you I'm about it. to be attacked in yeah. this elevator. <laughs> There's gonna be some throwdown. Okay. Um, Elementary, my dear Wilson. <laughs> you know but it was nice that they did it in real time. It's yeah. Like yes. it, it wasn't him did. going like, okay, snapshot this, 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 this. Which they could have used yeah. as a way to describe his supernaturally fast vision. But instead you ground uh, it in reality. Yeah, it's just like he's just yeah. noticing stuff. It, and that's the thing. This would not have worked nearly as well if it was, all right, I'm getting on, and then a horde of people get on the elevator. Notice a little bit. Right. And then a little bit more. Yeah. And then a little bit more. Yep. It's a totally believable, natural build. It was just very, very well coordinated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a well-written setup. And then, once they actually start throwing down... Oh, it's chaos um, in the most beautiful way. Because it's a fairly large elevator. However, you know, it, it immediately is just filled with blows. Yes. You know, everybody is getting their hands on Cap. Everybody is trying yeah. to hold him down. Cause you see one dude take the yeah. shield off his back and yep. set it aside, which is like... You, you mm. see a crowd of bad... Mm-hmm. Of bad thugs doing exactly what you think a crowd of bad thugs would do to a lone hero trapped alone in an elevator. You take his weapon away from him, you restrain him, you get the magnetic cuff on him, you try to restrain him so that you could, I don't know, maybe just cap him in the head or something. were an extraordinarily cool. Whoever thought of the magnetic when he cuffs. Was yes. One yeah. hand locked down and yep. he had to fight with his other three limbs. That yeah. let him take, amazing. like, what, a 10 second taser hit? Yeah. Like, yeah. Literally just crossbones just sitting there. Throwing that into him, 
Um, and because it's just such a great like, okay, if I was going to take down Captain America in an elevator, how would I go about it? Right. Probably not nearly as successfully as that. Yeah. Do you think um, about this often? <laughs> I don't. I try not Wait, to put myself you in like those situations. Darwin, or are you like Darwin plus twelve other people? Yes. Yes. There, there okay. Is that. To be fair, if I needed to take down Captain America in an elevator, I'm calling twelve other guys. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm gassing the elevator. Yes. <laughs> that's why. That's why what sticks to it was well coordinated, but not as coordinated as it could have. Bid. Because they didn't like. Why would why would Shield have a built-in gassing system? Like we wouldn't buy or, that. Why yeah, don't true. they just lock down the elevator and just until they have stuck a in the ton elevator. of people just like right there ready to go, or yeah. just drop the elevator? You know, <laughs> yeah. I, either one. Of course, I mean this isn't that kind of movie, so we have to have some kind of ground in reality. Yeah. They're yeah. trying to take him alive for some reason. They need to. They need to capture him or at least get him out of the view of regular S.H.I.E.L.D. employees before they kill him. Mm-hmm. So... Well, I mean, HYDRA as an organization are quintessentially the, like, snickering bad guys who for a very long time... Like, Captain America is the poster boy of everything they hate. So, they're not the one to just... And now we shoot him in the head and he's gone. Like, they're going to gloat. They're going to chain him to a table. There's going to be a laser pointed at his crotch. Yeah, There's or they're, going they're, to be they're, monologuing. They're, they're, they're going to make him disappear. No. They're right. not going to... This is the same organization that's been brainwashing Bucky since they got him. That's oh, yeah. what they're going to do That's what they're doing. Oh. They're going to turn him. I had not thought of that legitimately. Yeah. Thank you. These are the same, like, yeah. So we see a massive clusterfuck of trying to hang on to this guy. And... Total kudos to the stunt, stunt coordination oh, and the yeah. team. Who not only from the setup, like we talk about the 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 cuff thing, like starting from hey, we need to have an action set piece here. Okay, uh, let's have Captain America versus ten guys. Cool, let's put it in an elevator. Okay, now already that's an interesting fight. Yeah. But then, even though it's a big elevator, they established right. how big this elevator is but, earlier in the film. But fighting mm-hmm. in enclosed space, like so many great fight scenes in history, are fight scenes in enclosed spaces. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! Uh, yeah, uh, the heart. Daredevil hallway scene. Yeah, Daredevil. Oh, exactly. Um, <laughs> now so we've had now we add in complication mm-hmm. of okay, they have stun batons, so now it feels like it's even more uneven ground, and and the the element of the restraining cuff. Mm-hmm. And how yep. that plays into it. It gives us, as the viewers, something to track in the midst of all the chaos. Yeah. And then in terms of the execution of it, before we go into anything else, I just want to point out that I've watched this fight several times, and never once have I noticed someone in the background not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they are just getting a hand on Cap and holding him yes, because they're trying to Yes, but they're always him. active. Right. Yes. yes. They're never going like, and now I'm doing the, oh, I'm going to wait my turn. I'm going to There's a reason for Jedi Monet in the background. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, There's the a reason, reason for everything that, they're doing. Right, the only reason that he doesn't have 12 people piled on him at once is simply because there is not the space for that. Yeah, yeah. but you see so the people cool. working to try to solve that problem. Yep. Right. Yep. Well, because they're yeah. like, okay, this is our plan, is you guys go in with the cuffs, get his arms free, and then yep. the rest of us will just hang on for dear life. Exactly. And then, oh shit, that went awry. Okay, let's try to stun him. Oh, he's Captain America. We can't stun him now. So let's see if we can throw some punches. And that's where it falls apart. Yes. You know, because it's like, oh, now we're in hand-to-hand combat with Captain fucking America. And I can't get away because I'm in an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, long story short, I mean, I, I, I really, I think there are YouTube videos of this, so I highly recommend you take a look at any of the yeah. fights. Even if you've seen the movie about. like five yes. times, go back and watch, watch that. Oh, it is a masterful piece of not just fight choreography, not just stunt choreography, but cinematography. Yeah. With getting characters are yes. amazing. Purely, it is, it is telling a story 
in the way that only really the film medium can. Yeah. You know, because you have the direction of focus that it borrows from comic books and you have the narrative, you know, making sure that they're seeing exactly what you want them to see at that moment that we can't do in theater. Yes. You know, in theater, it would be cool to watch live. It would Then, Then it becomes a different, then it becomes the element of, wow, coordinating that to do that all in one take. That becomes the thing that is ex- sure. like extraordinary about it, yeah. as opposed to the, the specificity of storytelling through yes. that clip, yes. through that chaos. Absolutely, I loved um, the moment where uh, he's basically fighting off. Like, I'm not gonna let it pin me to the wall. Like, we mm-hmm. we see see what, the magnet almost connect to right. the wall. It is then... it is in the in the most fundamental sense. It is the like. It is the just direct button mashing quick time event of the hero needs to succeed. You can see the progress meter moving towards failure, right. and we see him succeed. Mash yeah, X to tap like, out crossbones. Exactly. <laughs> like, you recognize this in, in, in that trope, that element is in so many different fights and so many different films, but I think this works really well because it's done efficiently, yeah. quickly. We get that visceral reaction of, yeah, can't punch it right in the... Yeah, yeah, you can't do that to get... Like, you wouldn't yeah. do that if it was just like, nope. And yeah. it's such a... Everybody, at some point or another, even when they were a child, has had their arm restrained. Yes. Right. And they know how, like, just... No, what that fast! Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so, I mean... Uh, <sighs> Really amazing scene, I, 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 I have to say, especially with regards to Frank Grillo's acting as Crossbones, as well as just the, whoever set up the shot sequence of that yep. se- Amazing, amazing stuff. Now, uh, in my notes, I do have, however, we were talking about prior to this point in the film, you know, Cap's never done a three-point landing. He's never <laughs> done He's never done the quintessential superhero landing, the Deadpool comment oh, on his Superhero landing, you know. So we, we saw Deadpool because we're not monsters. And yes. then not long after, uh, <laughs> I come home and Winter Soldier is just on TV just being watched because yep. we're not monsters. Yep. And uh, yep, 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 yep. I remember just like checks out, <laughs> checks out so far. And I uh, remember just watching every landing that he did. And granted, I came in halfway through the film, and I'm like, oh, that wasn't a superhero landing. That no. wasn't a superhero landing. No. So yep. I think throughout the movie, he had the one, so because like, Captain America isn't the super like sly action hero. Like right. Captain, he's not the magnification of that kind of hero. He's the magnification of uh, oh my god, what the hell is wrong with me? Die Hard. John McClane. John McClane. Yes. He's John McClane zoomed in. John McClane doesn't do a three-point landing. Except John he's got McClane shoes. Does he's a, got shoes on. one side landing <laughs> under broken glass. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So. Whereas so, Captain America falls, what, ten stories onto his shield. <laughs> How about, okay. Great point, Darwin. Great point, Darwin. To set this up. So the so the, the the elevator fight wraps up. He knocks out Crossbones, delivers a quippy Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger one-liner, obviously, and then um, opens the elevator to find a SWAT team full of guys pointing guns at him. And what do you do when you're captured? Obviously, you cut the elevator cords with your shield, so the elevator drops. And so the elevator drops, brakes come on, elevator comes out another floor where there's a. Nit- Another convenient SWAT team right there. It's almost like he works for a security company. Almost like, <laughs> like the national global security company yeah. that is Shield, right? And uh, so he's got no escape from the elevator. So what does he do? He barrels out of the elevator 
on I, I want to say this is about a fifty to seventy five foot fall if I if I judge I, the distance yeah. correctly. Yeah, oh, yeah easily. like fifty totally. That's to that's to the glass ceiling. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, ladies. another another twenty um, or so. I, I'm it's okay. Sorry We're breaking through. Ceiling, Captain America okay. just yeah. we broke the glass ceiling. Yeah, we broke we broke the glass ceiling. Like only movies. a man could. Captain America. Only a man <laughs> broke the glass ceiling. Going you know down. what? Count it. It counts. <laughs> it counts. It counts. <laughs> that's fine. As breaking the glass ceiling. So. That's 75 feet down to the glass ceiling. He busts through that another 75 to 100 feet down to the concrete floor of the shield lobby. That is the Triskelion. So he busts out of this, falls all the way onto his shield. I have to say, like, the moment of sheer pain and discomfort they give Cap. Yeah. I don't know if it's enough. I, I, I will never know if that's enough of discomfort and pain and recovery period for him, but I'm happy they put it in there because you need to have your heroes have some kind of limitations. Going back to the Avengers, that film, every single hero in that film had a moment where they were down, they were hurt, they were incapacitated, mm. they had a second where they're like, Oh shit! Like this, this hurts bad. I gotta give myself a couple bearings before I get up. Every single hero had a moment like that in that film. Cap gets one of those moments in this after he crashes down onto the concrete floor of the Triskelion after that elevator fight sequence. Gets up, gets on his motorcycle, and has a moment with a Quinjet on the bridge, mm-hmm. which is just. Darwin pointed this out. Why would you not put the shield on the front? Yeah. Like, he's <laughs> got the shield on his back. Why would you not put it on the front when the hell... Well, not the hell carrier. The Quinjet is just shooting at you with a fucking like, minigun. Like, you have a thing that blocks bullets off to the side. Put it Use in it. front of you. Right. Oh, you oh, think, oh, right? So, a little extra little fun piece that I really enjoyed about yep. his fall and the landing. Yep. He lands on the vibranium shield, which is supposed to, like, dissipate and, like, bounce all energy off. Mm-hmm. So, even though we have a superhero falling in ultra-high distance, he doesn't make the, like, concrete crater impact on the floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Like, the really? floor is... No, the floor is unmarred. Wow. Because the energy is dissipated and not going into it. I just want to say, shield little piece of like shield Washington D.C. contractors. You the real MVP. (laughs) (laughs) Really sturdy concrete. Really great, great construction. That's part of the way we can like buy that he's not dead is because the shield makes the energy go away, not into the ground and bouncing around him. He doesn't land in a crater. It's just boom. Energy is. Yeah. Magic to win. He can still get on his motorcycle, it which is fantastic. Yeah. Get on his motorcycle for 30 seconds feet. before right. trashing it. Yes! <laughs> before trashing it. The shortest it. motorcycle ride ever. <laughs> oh. um, Until Age of Ultron, at least. Well, that's fair. Um, so he breaks his motorcycle, launches himself up onto the Quinjet that's attacking him, and we have, I, I want to say, the real only fantastical superhero moment of this film, where he's incapacitating a Quinjet on the back of it by tossing his shield into a couple of engines, you know... Yeah. Tosses a dude into an engine? No, no, no that's, oh, that's, that's, that's not even Cap. Oh, um, that's not even Cap. But and and but, uses the edge of the shield to wedge it in yep, on the yeah. edge to swing off of it, and then... And then, 
not <laughs> no sooner had Kirsten said it that oh hey Cap hasn't done any three point superhero yeah, landings in this film. <laughs> what do we get? We get a Cap three point superhero landing with the a shield. One, right? It's the, the only film. one of it's this the film. Only one. And I and I will buy it because and here's why. The way he does the landing, he does a knee down landing as opposed to the knee, a straight leg landing, which right. is generally the male version. Like that's yep. the more quintessentially male yep. version. Yeah, because yeah. you don't have to stick your ass out, obviously. Right. Um, we don't want to see the long, nice. I mean, sure, Chris I Evans do. has fantastic legs. That's great. Uh, but more importantly, the 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 shield covers where the knee would be hitting, and yes. the shield is clearly yep. the thing absorbing the impact. Yeah, and so, it didn't feel like a three point landing as much because it was the very. Like, your knees are bent, you are down, you're not putting your hands down with your elbows Yeah, bent, Listeners, you know? I want to point out that Christian <laughs> has gotten up from her chair to demonstrate what this would be I like. I hate three-point landing <laughs> so much. Oh, you would break everything. Unless you're Spider-Man, it's not a good idea. It's terrible for knees, they all Wait, do why it. Why is Spider-Man in okay? Because, because it is, it is, is, it is iconically his thing. Man yeah. spider. Oh, yeah, I suppose, if you picture, like, Spider-Man landing. Yep. yep. All right. It, okay, because Spider-Man always has to jump off of things. He yeah. never just walks around. So, <laughs> um, after this point, we have a little bit of story building moments, which, okay. while great for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not so great for us who yeah. really want to look into the fighty wappy bits. I just want to point out that Catherine just made an obscenely rude de- gesture towards the hey, microphone. Look, hey, now. Natasha Romanoff was hinting at it, it all of the time. Let's just like, say the whole like there's 30 minutes. Of there's just sexual Natasha tension in a truck. Yes, <laughs> that's if I was in charge of titling the DVD chapters, it would be sexual, sexual tension, tension in a truck, truck <laughs> for 30 minutes. Uh, oh, sexual tension in a Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, because They're all of the Chevy's. cars are Chevy. And then Chevy's. sexual tension yes. in a mall. Sexual <laughs> tension in the Apple Store. Then sexual <laughs> tension in a bunker. Yeah. The best Which is cut. what happens, obviously. So, I mean, those who and have seen the, the movie one, know that's that... that's like a threesome thing with Zola going on. Oh. oh that's so weird. Yeah, getting yeah. that robo I'm not going to... I'm sorry, I'm not going to be the one to ship that. Tumblr, you take it from here. Oh, they have. Um, yeah, yes, they have. Yes, they have. I mean, yeah. Zola will give the someone's camera Someone's put an appendage inside a USB. Of course. <laughs> now, the, the, there, there's no really great fight bits in here, so there's not going to be a lot that we're going to get into depth with. However, I will point out that the phrase, I'm 95, not dead, did come out of Captain America's mouth yep. at some point mm. with regards to his quality of the fake kiss with Romanov, which was, by the way, fake yeah, 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 quote unquote fake, quote unquote. Let's just leave it there. Mm-hmm. Um,. Uh, we pointed out that when you are descending into a secret underground base underneath some place in New Jersey, uh, that smartphones can do anything nowadays, mm-hmm. and that uh, really smartphones are the new Q gadgets. Which I although guess... these guys would have Stark Tech smartphones, yeah. that yep. is true. Which Verizon would does shield? Not though? No, it's not yet. Did, did Stark? Per- you know, Stark would have we... given Natasha. Yes, one, I gotta imagine. But and absolutely yeah. cap. Because, uh, well, I always thought that, like, there's the technology that S.H.I.E.L.D.'s able to come up with, and then there's the technology that Shark... That... Shark. Well, first of all, that doesn't <laughs> matter. Yeah. That's completely <laughs> different. <laughs> that's, that's a weird shipping <laughs> slash fic. <laughs> we already know that they got a bigger boat. <laughs> Thank you, thank you for that, Kirsten. So, um, that, then there's the technology that Stark 
is able to come up with. Right. Which I figured would be two separate parallel lines of technology, but let's just appeal to the, the overall universe. gods of technology yeah. for this film. And, and, um, even if it's just, Avengers, you know, yeah. appropriated Hydra tech that's been, you know, yeah. extrapolated upon for decades, exactly. they probably have really cool smartphones. Exactly. Then you have the scene where uh, Robert Redford kicks a puppy to show how evil he is, yep. which... Uh, you gotta have that moment to because, establish your villain. Well, especially when we've got we're we're, we're working in a, as as Darwin mentioned, a political thriller. Yeah. Um, we're we're dealing with. Uh, wait, are the good guys still good guys? We're dealing with the very shades of gray thing, mm. which is very wait, odd. How many? Not that many. No. <laughs> <laughs> very <laughs> specifically, no, forty-five times. <laughs> That is absolutely exactly thirty-seven shades of gray. Because there are people who are on either side of civil war, fans and heroes alike. There are fans who were on Stark's side who said, "Of course, we should know who could possibly have powers and be a superhero." We need to be able to track this to make sure they don't turn into villains. There are people who would be on Robert Redford's side. Oh God, maybe we should. You know, know who these people are and have yep. guns pointed at them so, so that Loki doesn't do that again. So we've got yeah. a very morally ambiguous uh, setup, which is a stark contrast to the previous film. <laughs> like, stark. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, going from Captain America, the golden boy of golden boys, fighting mm. basically evil super juice Evil Hitler. mecha Hitler. Right. Like, <laughs> going from the most black and white superhero movie you could possibly do. Into a very twisted, um, and, and, and we were even mentioning while we were watching the film, we are going from a golden age comic mm. of with you know it's for color, things are pretty straight and clear cut, mm. and now we're in the you know we're in the nineties era Iron Age comics. Our superheroes are now leather clad vigilant. Like the fact that Romanoff as a character is a superhero. Yeah. Like, that is indicative of the era of comics that we're working with. Mm. So, seeing Captain America deal with and now exist in this morally complex and gray area world, we need a moment to clearly establish, no, seriously, this guy's a villain, and to yeah. do it, he kicks a puppy. Or, right. in this case, shoots a housekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we might want to elevate it from kicking puppies. It's a little bit different. Saying house, housekeepers say, are worth a little bit more I than puppies. Let's, I am suspicious of that housekeeper. Who leaves without their phone? Come <laughs> right. on. Who, why did she leave? Why Science she... fiction. Clearly. <laughs> it is um, hurting an innocent creature yep. that posed not no a threat. big threat. To exactly. Her. Then, of course, we get the uh, gigantic grand revelatory scene with Artem Sola, whose uh, brain is on a tape deck somewhere in a bunker. Let's just not talk about it. Hydra is S.H.I.E.L.D. now, or S.H.I.E.L.D. is Hydra. I don't know which Shydra. now. Um, Shiza, exactly. Uh, <laughs> c- uh, collection fun, I am Swiss. Um, no, uh, then of course we get Cap and Romanov going to uh, Anthony Mackie, Falcon's house, which is everybody's trying to kill us now. 
Um, uh, Falcons, I have in my notes here, Falcon is wearing, uh, Perfect Roses colors. It's if anybody true. is familiar with the Midwest Combat Chess League. Would that be Human Combat Chess opening, uh, next Friday, April 29th at Christ Church what? Lutheran? Yeah. At 8 p.m., actually. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, really? And, uh, uh, his, it's... his Nike, uh, purple shirt would be, uh, perfectly appropriate, uh, wear for the Roses. Yeah, yeah. Sir, it's their king, Nathaniel Nesham King. In direct, the opi- king of the in, Black in direct <laughs> opposition to the Under Armour uh, promotion deal, which clearly did not fall through. If no. we're if we're talking about Falcons colors, can I just say um, Anthony Mackie, who plays the Falcon, was actually really, really disappointed to the point of almost being mad, according to uh, interviews, that he did not get the red and white Falcon oh, outfit. Yeah. Really? He, he should really be wearing that spandex. Yeah. Now, he did. He's a, he's a big comic fan. He mm. got the part because he wrote hundreds of letters into Marvel saying, cast me, cast me, please cast me, do it, cast me, cast me, cast me, do it now. And, um, you know, said that he wanted it so that there could be more superheroes of color because, yeah. let's be yeah. real, there are none. Uh, oh, now there's, 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 there's okay. Luke Cage. There are not too. enough. Yeah. There, there are not enough. Not. Let's, yes. let's be, right. let's be oh, fair here. In MCU. Yeah. Just, yeah. There are not right, There are in others, but yes. MCU is kind of the big one right now, and not a lot of people are talking about how great Halle Berry Storm is. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, so, uh, who? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he really, really wanted that red and white and was really disappointed that he got the Marvel Ultimate. Falcon, oh, which yeah. is costume. more grounded in Well, it's Marvel reality. Ultimate is the the aesthetic they're deriving the whole MCU from. Correct. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's even what they derived all of the, oh, I mean, the yeah. Fox... It's uh, where they derive a lot of their physical X-Con- tech X-Men characteristics X-Men from. Yeah. As Well, I mean, to be fair, the, 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 the MCU, Captain America, is the regular Marvel continuity character, but MCU technology. True. And MCU okay. circumstances. I mean, sorry, Ultimate Universe Technology yeah. right, and right, right. Yep. Uh, uh Circumstances. I've had a little bit to drink. Anyway, anyway um... What? So going, <laughs> it's so a go- metric little. So going from this, we have a little interrogation scene with Maximiliano Hernandez playing Jasper Sitwell, who is an incredibly underrated actor. If you've ever seen Sicario, he's amazing in Sicario. Just say. <gasps> so he's in Sicario. <laughs> Maximiliano Hernandez is the, the guy actor. on the roof. He's the cop. No. He's in the Sicario. cop. He, he's yeah. the Mexican cop in oh. in uh, Sicario. Yes, such a good. You role. should check out that film. Have you you really should. We're probably going to do an episode of that at some point. Uh. At some point. Anyway, um, so we have that moment where uh, he's threatened by Cap and gang, um, and then there's the f- leading into the freeway fight, which pretty much begins with the Winter Soldier hopping onto their car and tossing him into the oncoming lane of traffic, which is... By the way, if you're an assassin and you're trying to take out somebody in transit, not a bad way to do it. Yeah. Also, it saves bullets. The the second instance of major use of a Penske truck. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) The the first one being the Nick Fury chase. Yep. (laughs) Yes. Yep, he throws him into oncoming traffic, totally hit by a big yellow truck. <laughs> it's exactly. funny, it's almost like big yellow trucks are easy to see on film. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right? It's either Chevy or, or a big, big yellow, yellow truck. truck. <laughs> you know, the lead singer of Coldplay predicted this, and it was all yellow. You lose so many things. Yes, I, I do. I can't even <laughs> what have happened to I, don't have I the know, energy. right? So anyway, Winter Soldier shows so, up. So okay, so Winter ass. Soldier shows up. Dave. We have a ton of frightening business in transit on a freeway 
almost Mad Max level shit. Not quite Mad Max, but almost Mad yep. Max level shit. And then we have Bucky even... Uh, I'm sorry, the Winter Soldier. He's not quite revealed as Bucky yet. Spoilers! Um, we told you to go watch them. Even though, he, even though he's got long, long stringy hair like Jesus, um, he takes the wheel in the manner that only Jesus should, obviously. Oh, you're making uh, a joke a second time. <laughs> I, I tried to duck it cover. Like... I thought it was like it's an AOE pun, man. I couldn't get out I, of my I do want to say so. Bucky takes the wheel, literally. He takes the steering wheel. Okay, he, third time. I do want to say uh, the design for the Winter Soldier was meant to be the polar opposite of Captain America. Yes. Uh, the mask covers the lower half of his face from yes. the nose down, mm-hmm. rather than from the nose up. That's yep. cool. And yep. uh, his arm is a shield. He only lands nine punches with that arm throughout the entire movie. The rest of the time, it? it is used, yes, yep. defensively. You bring it in way more shield. effort than I did. Yep. I'm sorry, I thought we were on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Did you not hear his Jesus take the wheel, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Um, so so it's, it's really fascinating to uh, see him, especially that first moment where he comes out and just looks like this dark, evil, goth, cure-listening-to motherfucker. And he is meant to be... Look, the... He looks like the paintballer from hell. <laughs> yeah. re- oh my god! He That's really the most does. apt description ever. You know, it's right? funny, because everyone gets paintball masks to dress up like him at Convergence. Yep. And... yep. <laughs> That's the shit. There's a reason for that. Um... <laughs> So he takes the wheel, thus begins the freeway fight, which is, I guess, kind of an extended action sequence that goes from a freeway overpass in D.C. down to the street level because Cap's blasted from one end of the town oh, to the other yes. because, of a, uh, because of a grenade launcher from Bucky's... Um, Henchman uh, hands him a grenade launcher. Yeah. I guess so, because you never know when he might need a grenade launcher. Yeah. Launches nice him across the town grenades. into a bus. The bus collides into another car, because why wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> we also see in that sequence, when Cap bounces off the highway into the bus, we see his spine bounce off the ticket tape. <laughs> like, yeah. And he does this really sick mid-flip, just uh, in the middle of the air. Oh. Yeah. He is tumbling. It's not just like flying as a yeah. static image hurtling through space. No, he is tumbling through as he hits, still rotating. By the way, yeah. Fightcast would like to give our condolences to the family of the stuntman who clearly lost his life filming that sequence. They just shot him out of a can. <laughs> in no way, shape, or form were computer graphics. Oh, good lord. No, no, seriously, though, we cannot give enough credit to the stunt people yes. and the practical effects people who make these things happen for the movies that, quite frankly, we really do take for granted Hashtag 99% get stunts in the Academy Awards. No Hashtag get shit. the yeah. fucking stunts in the Stand Academy Awards, people. Um, I mean, we yeah, we've got the Taurus Stunt Awards. That's yeah. great. But mm-hmm. that's like saying... Uh, Honestly, that same argument is like, what? You've got the BET Awards. Yeah. Right. right. Okay. Well, and I love, like, negative through, water. Watch, watch the Oscars and count how many scenes from the movies they show are that are made just of stunt people. people. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Whereas, so, like, yeah, this, this so, whole sequence is a really great stunt display. It yes. really is. Um, so, one of them won one of the awards. We got a guy ratcheted through a window. Yes. So, mm-hmm. let it be said that on this, on this podcast, Fightcast, we are going to try and as much as possible, give credit where credit is due to the stunt people and the stunt uh, coordinators who are responsible for the scenes and the sequences in films that really 
do not get enough credit in the mainstream media as it is. Let's just leave it at that, shall we say. Um, But this goes up to quite possibly the best extended fight sequence in the entire MCU, which is done without a single superhero costume that uh, is present. I... Well, Cap- Winter, Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier kind of. Winter Soldier yeah, yeah, is pretty superhero. He, uh, it's Hero. arguable yeah. in this, but he, in this film is he's a super a villain. T-shirt and khakis. Yep. Yes, yeah, he is jacket. doing this in a t-shirt, a jacket, and fucking duckers. Romanoff <laughs> is dressed like Avril Lavigne. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but a, yeah. a great sequence. Yes. Um, Absolutely. Um, Sebastian Stan actually went through like five months of physical training and research learning Cold War KGB knife techniques and apparently he had a knife that he carried around with him on set and anytime he wasn't on camera he was just running around practicing with it which which is you can tell it looks amazing by the way when I'm an actor on a film set practicing KGB knife fighting moves to keep fresh I will know that I've made it at yep. that point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at that point that I know that I will have made you're, it. You're doing it right. Um, exactly. But it's it, it. There's a lot to break down in this scene. Mm. So let's so so let's try and go frame by frame. Um, there's. Well, Rowan, there's his arm. There's his arm. His arm's slightly lower now. Up <laughs> <laughs> oh, the explosion starting. Still going. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not frame by frame. But let's try beat by beat. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, we have the sequence of Cap and company are in a car. Winter Soldier interrupts said car. Car is dis, uh, discombobulated on the freeway. Yep, they eject, they out, eject the out through the driver's side door, which... How? But, okay. Um, you know, go right ahead. Cap, Cap gets blown off the bridge. Mm. Uh, Falcon does this really great and very underrated uh, stunt sequence where... He incapacitates a dude carrying a rifle, cuts the rifle by the strap off of him, kicks him off the bridge, and commandeers the rifle, which is just a really great, very understated, but very effective piece of filmography. Because this is the first time that we see Falcon yes. in a situation where he doesn't have his gear. Like He just yeah. takes a knife and right. cuts the yeah. strap off the dude's rifle, yeah. takes his rifle. We've, yeah. we've been introduced to the character early on. He's the guy that, you know, Captain America's passing. He's just a dude. He's just a guy that they go to for help. We establish in the uh, rooftop uh, interrogation scene, hey, he's got this cool gadget that makes him a superhero. Yeah. And now, when shit is finally hitting the fan, he doesn't have his gadget. He is totally out of the... It's like... It's like, it's in, like in the trunk of the car! Well, like It's yeah. like the first time we saw Hawkeye, he didn't have a bow. Yeah. But we've now established this character as a resourceful military person who, yeah. again, uses a knife. Yep. <laughs> you see him, and it's a little... Like, you almost just catch a flash of steel. Like, is he carrying a... And then he only uses it to cut the strap, kick the guy off, which is still... It's jealous. literally like a yeah. pocket knife <laughs> that any one well, of us might carry. Here's the thing. It's not like, I'm not going to use this knife because it will kill this person, because he's doing it to grab an assault rifle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm going to use this knife in the most efficient way that I have at my disposal. So that to I can grab a gun, and I can be a yeah. hero again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so we have Cat blown across the street, so we have the first uh, confrontation with the Winter Soldier be... Black Widow. Yeah. Black yeah. Widow, who does this great um, audio, uh, you know, recording ruse where she sure. tricks him into 
thinking that this is his, this is her position. He rolls a bomb over there. It explodes. Oh, he thinks he's cool. gotten her. Then she comes out of fucking nowhere yeah. and blindsides him, tries to garrote him. He's, of course, like a pro, got a hand up, yep. ready to block hand that garrote right, right <laughs> up at the chin level so that he doesn't get choked out and, like... Seriously, if he hadn't had that hand up, mechanical or otherwise, Movie he would have been done. Movie <laughs> the fuck done. Yeah. You know, piano wire, literally, is what we're talking about. Yeah. And so, where the real fight begins, though, and I hate to say the real fight, but where, where the main, as far as the film well, goes... Well, it's the main hero and the main villain fight. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Where that fight begins, though, is where Winter Soldier has Black Widow dead to rights after a brief struggle... And then she Cap comes up on him and blocks that punch with his shield, which is the first time he's ever seen in distress while blocking a blow with that shield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bam. And Ow. then we have Cap in jacket and khakis versus the Winter Soldier in full combat gear, mechanical arm, gun strapped to the probably back. twelve like twelve knives, <laughs> at least five guns on him, ready to go. And then we have probably one of the best hand-to-hand fight sequences in the entire MCU. Yes. Uh, so let's try and break this down as best we can. Um, <laughs> I, I understand it's going to be hard. What we have here is something where, like, I feel like the the, the stunt coordinator, the stunt coordinators were given a very clear instruction. Like, okay, we have this guy who can match Cap. More or less for strength, but he's got a super-powered left arm. And those are the rules. Go. And what we have is... It's really hard to describe because it moves so fast. We have... Uh, and I, I'd say that's one of its benefits, is because you could have a lot of moments, and you could slow this thing down with have a lot of moments of revelation, yeah. but then you take away from what is core to the character of the Winter Soldier, which is, he just keeps going. Yes. He just keeps going towards right. you. He, he loses his gun, he draws another gun. Yeah, he, the, he loses a knife, he draws another The another opening knife. of this fight is him using, I think, at least two, possibly three different guns shooting at Cap as he is trying to get closer, switching out fluid transition of firepower and then when he gets close enough then he grabs for a knife we see in the winter soldier the same things that we see from romanov yes we see a russian trained special forces person mm-hmm. who has a bag of tricks yeah and which i think is a really cool like cinematic foil setup where you have captain america's former best friend turned evil is this soviet super spy with all these nasty tricks who just keeps going yep. and captain's only friend in the world right now is a former Russian super spy with a bunch of nasty tricks and a (laughs) great ass. (laughs) (laughs) Like, damn. Which is, let's... It is a lethal weapon just like that knife is. Let's be honest. I think you are forgetting how great Sebastian Stan's booty is. (laughs) Fair. Okay, thank you very much, because let's not underrate any booties on this show. So, so, so so taking it back to the the way that we see things differently, when we see uh, Winter Soldier fighting... Natasha, we see two people who are full of tricks. Yep. We see um, initial trick, we see the grot, and we see a defeat of that, and we see him counter into something, and then she throws another trick with the uh, disabling the arm, and then he pulls out another tool. All um, with a bullet wound through her shoulder. Yes, yeah. they, are, they are countering for counter for counter in all of this. Um, and then when we go to 
the the Soviet assault weapon versus Captain America. Now we're seeing Captain America doing the thing that he does. We see a man with a shield mm. who endures and persists, and America's the shit out of this fight <laughs> <laughs> because he so he mostly takes. I'm blows. sorry, what does he do? He murders the shit out of this fight <laughs> because it's one he of crushes the, PBR cans against like, the Winter Soldier's head. A nion like universal human trait. That is, people mention, like, they talk about this in, like, sci-fi things of how humans are actually terrifying. Yep. Is, is, we just endure. We persist. Yeah. We're persistence hunters. We, we walk things to death. Yes. Yeah. Zombies are scaring it's because that's tough. us. That's how yeah. we hunt. Right. Yeah. We walk and we don't get tired. And yep. so we take that as a primal <laughs> biological thing, amplify it into this, like, heightened ideal of just being able to endure and persist is a heroic thing. And we yep. see Captain America do this. He is just taking blow after blow after blow, firing shots back, but is mostly on the defensive for a lot of this fight. Now, one of the, I, I guess you could say, signatures of this fight sequence is the Winter Soldier taking and doing a, a hand change with the knife. He does, a, he, does, he does several hand changes. He does a couple of hand changes with the knife, but only one of them is significant. One where he tries to do an overhead stab to, I guess, Steve's chest with yeah, chest the knife... Head. Blocks with the shield, drops the knife to his other hand, catches it in the other hand, to catches it in the it. other hand, and then comes around to another strike, which Except is just then that was even a fate because he yes. gets it to the other hand. Cap goes to move his shield and he gets and punched in the head. Yes, yes, he yes. he's got the, the knife now, in the human hand, drops I, it to the super hand, and then just punches him with the other yes. hand. Exactly. <laughs> now I should say that That's we awesome we we. We, we are not lost on the mechanics of this particular fight sequence because Mike Lubke choreographed this fight sequence. <laughs> Basically, yeah. For the, uh, if, anybody, if anybody listening to this podcast was at Convergence 2015... 14. Uh, 14. 14 uh, we saw a snippet of this fight being reproduced on the Convergence floor between myself and Phil Henry, who you can also see in Human Combat Chess 2016 coming up on April 29th <laughs> at Christ Lutheran Church. And um, we, we, we got to see, literally, the practical application of the stab, block, border shift to the knife, you know, follow-up attack. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's legitimately doable in real time. And it's I think just hard. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Hell. But it's a way because there's something innate about knife fighting. If you've ever trained in knife fighting, or if you've ever watched, I can't think of a really good like epitome knife fighting uh, baby scene. But the knife is all about the knife is hungry for meat and it just wants to find it. And so yes. it's a constant weaving of the knife through defenses, trying to get to the other person. A knife fight is the race to the graveyard and you hope the other guy loses. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you're it's it's a it is a very forward pressure working thing, and being able to add in the added bonus of this thing can weave attached to two different shoulders mm. just makes it that much uh harder to follow if it's not edited right. Whereas this one was edited perfectly, right? Yep. Um, to make you really, really follow it, and Maybe limited editing, edit yeah, as little as you yeah. can, and yeah, edit less, actually do more, <laughs> yeah, fight good. <laughs> there you, go. you hear that? You hear that? Edit less, actually do more, fight, fight, fight good. good. Mm. 
Um, Mike Lubke, yeah. 2016. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and this was, when, when I was working on choreographing this fight, this was one of those moments that I'm like, this is a quintessential moment between these two characters that needs yes. to be captured when we do it on stage. We mentioned before how some things in this film just don't transfer well to stage. Mm-hmm. That's but right, that, and you can find this clip on YouTube if you want to watch that, it. that hand switch is something that we could do and we could practice. Um, but I honestly, one of the things that I love the most about this fight is about halfway through, um, I'm fairly certain it's after uh, Winter Soldier has managed to disarm Captain of his shield in a moment that is totally glossed over yep. and I'm fine with. Because, because the, it's just the shield fight, somehow fight, fight, buries fight. itself into sheet metal car side right. as it's bouncing off every other object it was right. thrown against. It's just ba- fight, 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 fight. Oh shit, now he has yeah. the shield. Oh damn. Um, yeah. Also, kudos to the use of cars. Yes. Like, yes, you stop and think, well, yeah, it's, it's happening in the street. Like, cars are going to be there. But the use of cars as visual obstacles that people have to look around to that, to give people moments of like when Bucky jumps up on the car yep. and is expecting to see him and then can jump down like we get those moments and honestly the cars are an excellent external measure of yes, impact it, and force exactly it is kind of the opposite scale of like how Guillermo del Toro used cars as a kind of a medium of language in Pacific Rim when he was constructing action sequences in that because he's like, I'm going to use cars in like shipping containers and other things to translate how hard the Kaiju and Jaeger are hitting each other. And and this, scale, yeah. that, that's on the other end of the scale. On the very opposite end of the scale, we have this film, which is we have our main characters bouncing off cars and using them as boundaries. Mm-hmm. To bounce each other off of and redirect off of, or for instance, in this case, dig a knife into yep. and slice a gigantic gash into the side of a car with a combat knife yeah. with a superpowered metal arm, which is, I have to say, one of the moments in this film that really sold the danger to me. Yeah. That's what one of the moments of like, oh my god, the Winter Soldier's tenacity is such that he will dig a car, he will dig a knife into the side of a car and drag it along the entire length of the car mm-hmm. until Cap disengages the knife from there. Yeah. That's how badly you yeah. you know Chasing that the that Winter Soldier down. wants to kill Cap. And on that note, yes. as we're talking about cars and the use of them, I think we should give some props to the insurance salesman of the MCU. Because uh, clearly the DC area insurance adjusters were working some overtime. Oh, clearly. No, they, they're they're the real heroes. We need to acknowledge that all labor exists. In um, <laughs> everywhere but DC. Oh, in DC, they're, like, they're just fuck like, fuck you guys, yeah, we're not yeah. selling you insurance anymore. <laughs> well, no, because this wasn't New York. Exactly. So, keeping on the car thing, I think, aside from the hand switch, which is just really cool, um, two of the really keynote moments of the fight revolve around cars, cars, and you get that, the the super-powered stab uh, uh, supported by the the ultra-arm dragging through the sheet metal, and you get, and the fucking beautiful flying knee to the sternum. Oh, yeah. Yes! Cap lands. It's lovely. And it's a great shot, and you see the actor crumple, you see the side of the car crumple, and it's just like, oh, that would have killed anybody else, but they're still fighting. Yes! Exactly. Uh, Again, going, going... I, I, we cannot speak highly enough of the of the lengths that the Marvel Studios will go in order to ground their fights 
consistently within their films. Because again, Thor The Dark World, the fights that happen in that movie are grounded consistently within the world of Thor. This movie, the world of the fights of the Winter Soldier versus Captain America are firmly grounded within a world that you and I probably both occupy. Mm -hmm. Now... We, 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 uh, unfortunately, we have to kind of move past this on to the uh, other fights of this film. It was there, are there but any other like, in that fight that's but, really, I mean, uh, that, uh, that other, knee really uh, sells it for me. Also, a very seamless disarm of Winter Soldier taking the shield from Cap, yep. which yes. I have to say is, I had to rewind that several times in order to find the exact moment where Winter Soldier, and how he takes the shield from Cap, and then has the shield against him. And of course, because... Plot dictates that Cap has to get the shield back at some point. Yeah. Bucky has to throw the shield away or, you know, misuse it at some point where he doesn't get to use it to as right. full extent to, as Steve does. Which, again, fully understandable f- plot-wise, but damn if that isn't a seamless and transition. We might see that change in Civil War based yeah. off the trailer oh, footage that we've right. seen. Yes, yeah. we, we have. see Bucky and Cap sharing that shield rather they, well. They oh. Just in terms of, like, setting up for future films. You know, we yep. might be able to, in a year from now, look back on this one and go, oh, yeah. Here's where, you know, he's learned. He's progressed. By the way, listeners, do not be surprised if we come back with the exact same crew to review Winter Soldier (laughs) once it comes out on May 4th. Just saying. Captain America Civil War. Just saying. It's late. Dave's drunk. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, what's the next fight? So what what we have going uh, going past is uh, we have some uh, interconnecting uh, scenes where we uh, establish that uh, Cap uh, is working with an underground shield organization headed by a not-quite-dead Nick Fury in order to... Uh, holy crap, we need... There's these shield helicarriers that are about to launch, and oh my god, we have the exact... New programming blades that we need to plug Just into the dark. Dar- <laughs> talk about it, I won't have to get. You have no that. idea. <laughs> you have no idea how hard so, and how loud Darwin groused during the so during hard. the viewing of this film. Glossoverifica. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we have the final helicarrier fight, which yes. is uh, Cap versus Bucky. I, I I would love to I would love to go into depth about Falcon and uh, his uh, choreography during that, but at the same time, it, that more falls into the that's uh, action choreography. That's more action choreography and CG than it is hand to hand fight choreography. So while impressive though it may be, and I highly encourage you to check it out. Because Anthony Mackie sells it like a motherfucker. Yeah. You really need to check it out for yourself because we're going to go into the uh, Captain America Winter Soldier final fight aboard the helicarrier. Now, during this fight, we really see all the stops taken out. We have... But the the, the most interesting part of this, of course, being the conflicting motivations of both of the characters involved in this scene. Usually in film fights, we have characters confronting each other on um, more or less equal motivation. I want to beat you, you want to beat me, I want to kill you, you want to kill me, I want to delay you, you want to delay me. More or less, in most films that you see, these motivations are on equal footing. However, in this film, what makes for a very compelling action sequence slash fight sequence is that they are not on equal footing. We have Cap wanting to 
delay the Winter Soldier long enough that he can change out the computer chips in this helicarrier. The Winter Soldier just wants to kill Captain America. That is all that he wants. So we have not only different fighting styles and different uh, approaches to uh, character, but we have different motivations as far as the end game of the fight. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I would love to speak to... uh, how does this fight progress, and how does the story devolve into? I I I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on so the miniature of this? I film? think I think the so the setup for this fight the, is is all in its favor. Yes, we have two characters who have a rich story and have tension between the two of them. Like you mentioned, they have asymmetrical objectives. Yep. Um, and the big thing is that one of them has an objective that exists at a fixed point in space. Yes. On a time crunch. That specific... Sorry. That specific... <laughs> rim. <laughs> Wait, that's specific. Pacific Rim will be its own episode, I guarantee you. Um, but we have the cap and it, the specific computer terminal on yep. the specific helicarrier that he's at at the moment, and also Winter Soldier happening to be there to try and stop him. Right. So we have one person who needs to do a thing at a space. And yes. the other person, their job is to stop that person from doing it. All of the violence is a means to an end, yes. not the end in of itself. Mm-hmm. Which is which allows the fighters to pursue their objectives. Yes. And since those at least one of those person's objectives is spatially based, yep. movement becomes a key player. Yes. And they give us tight over the shoulder close up shots on both of these guys on a walkway back and forth back and forth some nice little like low angles and stuff but, and by the way can we, can we just give a shout out to walkways in cinema <laughs> forcing us into a confined space to have a fight that's how you really? turn a movie into a side scroller there you go you the real MVPs people who put in walkways so in films we, we get this tension built between the two characters and we know shit's gonna go down when we finally take a step back and get a nice wide establishing shot of alright now we know these guys are gonna wanna fight we know the Cap wants to be at this point in space. We know that Bucky doesn't want him to be there. And here's all of the space that they exist in. We understand there's a walkway. There's like another weird sort of triangular thing halfway down in this open space. And then there's a bunch of like bubble yeah, in open glass space. Glass pins like, all around. Now we understand yeah. the space that we're working with. And then we see people pursuing objectives. We see Bucky pulling out the stops. Literally with guns, yeah, mm-hmm. like and getting some great, almost like equilibrium style, like Gun trying pop. to hook shots around the shield, like physically. You have high almost a seamless blend of hand-to-hand choreography and handgun choreography yep. happening at the same time, and because managing not to. Only do they have asymmetrical objectives? Just in like, oh, I'm trying to do this thing. Bucky is on a mission and he doesn't know that he's trying to kill his best friend. Yep. You know, Cap is sitting there going, I can't kill this guy. Yeah. Because yeah. if I could kill this guy, objective complete. Yeah. No problem whatsoever. Yeah. Because that sets it up when we go back to Bar Track, where he's going, oh, I don't want to kill this guy. I Bar Track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's French. It doesn't GSD, matter. Just the point is, GSD. the point is, you have this moment where it's, oh, if I could just kill this guy, my mission would be complete. But I can't do that because I need to bring him into for questioning. Mm. I can't kill the Winter Soldier because the Winter Soldier is my best friend from childhood 
childhood Bucky. Yep. And so it not only... And my childhood wasn't that long ago in the grand scheme of <laughs> mentally. <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> and so there's this great thing of not only do we have the fight going different ways because they're both trying for different things, but we see moments where Cap could land a massive blow that he then backs off. And then you see Bucky take advantage of that yep. and punch him in the face. Because the in the... Like, yeah. yeah. This is the a culminating fight. We have seen Cap... Uh, in the, even in the Batroc fight, yes, it was a challenge, but we never really saw him sweat. We right. never thought that Cap was going to lose that fight. We just saw him have a little difficulty finishing it quickly. Yeah. And then as we progress on, we see him start to wear down. We see things get closer and closer to him. We it, see that punch come in and, and rattle him. And in the first phrase, the opening flurry of this fight, Cap gets shot. Yes. yes. He gets shot like three or four times. Yeah, he's wounded, and he keeps getting worn down as more and more bullets come in. Yes. And and again, he persists. He endures. He yeah. murkas. One of the, <laughs> one of the one of the only moments during a Marvel MCU film where I was legitimately scared for the protagonist. I'm like, well, oh my god, because there's that moment where he looks down. Comics, it's like, are they going yeah. to kill him now? Right. What? what, what there's that moment where he looks down and you and the, if you want to have a main character really sell a wound you have him look at it yep. yeah. you have the camera have him pan down he looks at the wound that is in his stomach at the white stripe of the red white and blue stripes and that white stripe the, is turning red oh, yeah. exactly exactly which is why he doesn't have a black costume or a red costume or anything like yep. that Deadpool anyway so like <laughs> You 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 have a moment where you're legitimately scared for the main character, which is more than we've gotten with the Captain America character at least in a long time. When it comes to this, when it comes to this character, uh, we, we we've not been scared for Cap during all of Avengers, even though we can say that the stakes were ultimately higher than they were here. Yeah. You know, we're talking about like the entire planet being subjugated by an alien extra dimensional race. Well, and I think that's part of the fact that this movie is more brutal. It's a little bit yeah. more grounded in reality. Yeah, it is personal. not for children. Stakes are much closer yeah. to home. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it seems like the kind of movie where people actually die. It doesn't seem like the kind of movie where people get beaten up. Yeah. yeah. Even because though we again, do see like people a, beating up quite horribly. Right, yeah. There's like but a ten person body count. Yeah. Loki, Loki gets yeah. tied up comedically while everyone eats shawarma. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> like either Cap or Bucky are going to have to be killed for that yeah. fight to end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Plus, or in this case, one person falls shot. out of the helicarrier into the yeah. Potomac and the other dives well, but, in and saves them. But you know, you know of Just a spoiler alert. For the uh, sake of the fight still basically yeah. is taken out in a way that people think they died. You know, Bucky people, everyone think Bucky is dead. Yeah. You know, Cap is definitely out like he is dead. So yep. it's it's a little bit more serious than Avengers where Loki is hanging upside down grumpy. Yes. Yep. And in terms of the, the finale of the choreography, like we still get uh the, the whole point being we need to achieve this objective we need to get we need to get object A to slot B yeah. um, when the final fight becomes over object A uh, and we see some uh, we see restraint mm. yeah. yeah literally we see Captain America not applying lethal force while restraining 
You know, he's working on the the yeah. organic arm. Neutralizes, mm. yeah, but he neutralizes the superpowered yep. arm as well. Yep, well, because first off, he breaks the straight arm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we're not entirely sure. He may, he just may have violently dislocated, dislocated it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I've never seen someone dislocate an elbow with that kind of move. It usually uh, pops uh, the forearm. That's uh, a good point. Yeah. So because yeah. he didn't really pull up. No, no. it's Forward. it's it is yeah. it is applying tension across the joint and it was, yeah. that bone. For those gonna, of you listening, well, Mike is currently yeah. just pointing at his forearm. Yeah. <laughs> and right about here, where it is. To those of you listening, extend. To those of you listening, extend your arm out in front of you as far as it will go. Turn your palm up. And then bend your elbow up as far as it'll go. And then imagine it going about one or two feet further than it should go. <laughs> yeah. Because the dude with super that. serum is just right. wrenching on the muscle. And here's yeah. the thing. And Bucky doesn't stop fighting. No, yeah, exactly! So he but he has does to... scream in pain, right? which is the first like pain reaction yeah. we get yep. from him. Ooh, yeah. Yep. So we Besides have the, the, the electroshock thing, yeah. Which yeah. is yeah. Different. Which is him actively gritting through pain. This yep. is not gritting, this is pain. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um and then fighting back. Uh and when he finally has to put him down, he's like, I'm going to apply a choke. Thank you for using good, proper rear naked choke. Exactly. Yeah. Rear naked choke. Yeah. Not only that, I'm gonna I'm gonna subdue your super powered metal cybernetic arm by hooking my legs around yes. your torso Which, and wrapping okay. around that arm. So like I I love the minutiae in this moment because he's slapping in the choke. Yep. And he is working for it, and Bucky is working with the superpowered arm to pry the arm away. He is pulling down with it, which is lowering his own arm, which then leaves him susceptible to getting that leg or to getting that arm wrapped up by Roger's leg. He's like, "All right, I'm losing the yep. choke because he's pulling the arm down." But now that the arm is down, I can grab it with my leg. He wraps his leg around it, pins it down. He now only has one broken arm the to defend who the choke. The fight actually said. How can we actually fight this way? Like, yeah. Yeah. How how yeah. do I actually physically get this? Which, by the way, listeners, if you're up against a Soviet brainwashed super assassin with a cybernetic arm, like you do, please keep this all in mind. Also, maybe try a gun. Gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, it speaks to you know when we talk about this being a more grounded fight. Yeah. It ends with them choking him out on the ground, which is not you know fun what I mean. It's watch. not this. It's not it, flashy. Right. right. It's not. Oh, I'm going to you know stab the Tesseract with this thing to blow it up and close the portal that they all right. that all the aliens are flying through it's fuck I gotta choke this guy out yeah. and the visceral the gut wrench of just like oh you know same thing everybody's been underwater for a little bit too long yeah. everybody knows what that feels like to be like ah the world is just kind of circling you know there's sort of that yeah. black creeping mm-hmm. in you know and so it's and then again you layer on top of that just what this is you know Steve Rogers yep. choking out Bucky, you know, yeah. like just this and, and from a character perspective of each of them, as 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 you mentioned earlier, like the arm is a shield, like the arm is yes. his. Mm-hmm. In addition to just being super serumed, he has a mechanical advantage. His is an arm as opposed to a shield. Mm-hmm. Steve doesn't have the shield, and we see him just in the rough grit of it overcoming your superpower. I am going to specifically negate your arm. Because, again, Steve Rogers is the only person that the super soldier serum has worked on. Yep. Yeah. Not officially, yeah. So, like, it's it's that sense of, all right, so finding a way to not just right. circumvent and, like, uh, it would be like, instead of beating Cyclops by dodging his laser blast and then punching him, mm-hmm. it's absorbing it or finding something that shuts his eyes off, something yeah. that specifically addresses it 
and turns it off and nullifies it yes. yeah. as a way to defeat that character and not get lucky. Because that's like, when you're beating them. Yes, yes. That's the, it that, is the moment of defeat, not the moment of advantage. Yes, yes. This is the moment that we see that Captain America is better than the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Which we needed to see. We didn't need to see him win. We needed to see him be better than. Anybody yeah. else just get shivers? <laughs> yeah, we, we tied that up real nicely. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we really did. And, you know, this being the, the... This is the climactic fight sequence in the movie. And, I mean, obviously, anybody who's seen this movie knows that the... You know, the, the goal is ultimately accomplished and everything, and the uh, the awful uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarriers that were going to intrude on everybody's privacy as well as possibly kill everybody, I don't know. Kill all you know, um, yeah. you Not everybody, know, just the they crash into the Potomac. Mm. They crash into the Potomac like in spectacular fashion. Yes. Um, and so we're left with a bunch of questions at the end, but... Really no huge fight sequences, so that's yeah. kind of where we leave off. Those who have seen the movie, you know how it ends. Uh, Those of you who haven't seen the movie, why, why, are, you why are you still listening? <laughs> <laughs> You've been spoiled awfully. Don't blame us. I don't want to receive angry emails. I don't want this. Or send the angry emails. I would love to read them. Oh, no! Okay, maybe. <laughs> Before we do a full wrap-up, yes. I would like to do a special honorable mention yes. to uh, the agent who was the special one assigned to Steve Rogers, the neighbor. Yes. Sharon yeah. Carter. Sh- Sharon, Sharon Carter, age in, 13. In the, uh, in the control room yep. with crossbones. Yes. Prior, before he becomes whatever. Uh, when it, with the Mexican standoff. Right. The, in the major Mexican standoff where he lowers the gun and then grabs a knife and slices the arm and then we get this nasty draw, like really chaotic thing. I just want to like... Take a moment to highlight and appreciate the a particular moment in that when it was becoming obvious that the totally, like, down on his luck, but true to MCU form, you have the normal guy who stands up. Yeah. Yes. Just this like, was the computer geek. Just like the old guy in Avengers. Yes. yes. He's like, <laughs> no. Like, it, it, that, that's the great thing. It's, yeah. It, the, the whole series is who? about, we have superheroes who can do these things, who inspire normal people to say... No. Who, right. spoiler alert, comes back in Age of Ultron as commander, uh, as, as as one of the technicians on the new shield hell no, carry that comes right. up and yeah. saves everybody. Wait, really? Well, yeah, yeah, he yeah, is. That's the same character. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm oh, talking oh, this, the, the shield the, tech who says no to Rumlo. Gotcha. Yeah. That dude. He comes back and, uh, amazing, that dude, you know? Just, uh, just... Listeners, if you're ever in a situation where an evil empire slash uh, <laughs> uh, fascist organization is telling you to do a simple command in order to, I don't know, possibly take over the world, say no. no just just say no. The worst, you, say the, no. the worst you can lose is your life, yes, but there that are is worse in things. Fact the worst However, you can as lose. Mike was saying... Agent Carter, the new one in this case, um, has the wherewithal when she is down on the ground and Crossbones is pointing the gun at him, getting ready to pull the trigger. She kicks the target out of the way. Yes. She, yes. she doesn't kick Crossbones. She kicks the chair that the guy is sitting in to move him out of the range of danger. Yes. Like, just, it's, it is a just nasty... Just a great heads-up move. Yep. Just fantastic. Like, yeah. and... And a, a really quick, easy way to demonstrate that this is a person who is trained and has priorities. Yes. Yes. Like we know a lot about the character exactly. purely based on how she but reacted. But really, the real, the real power rests 
with the one mundane person who has the ability to say, you know what? No, I don't think I'm going to do this You're evil thing. So just remember, when it, whenever you're like given the choice of to do the evil thing or to not do the evil thing, don't do the evil thing. We will all think better of you for it, but really, you should just do it because it's the better thing to do. Anyway. Also, um, Crossbones, bad guy, uses a knife, cut someone. Bad. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, so... This has been our uh, incredibly geeked out review of the Winter Soldier. I guess I don't know if you can really call this a review because it's not like we're, we're judging. Not we're not judging the worth of wait, the wait, film. Wait, wait, wait. It was a good movie. Yes, it was. There we go. Boom. Review, review. done. Boom. It's a review. <laughs> so analysis <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, if uh, if you like fighty, stabby things like we do, uh, you might want to check out possibly I don't know um, Human Combat Chess 2016. Human Combat up. Chess 2016. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe I should turn what? it over to maybe I should turn it over to a member of the creative team of Human Combat what? Chess 2016 to really adequately sell this to you. But when is Human Combat Chess 2016? That would have been Friday, April 29th at 8 p.m. Christchurch Lutheran in. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, go to hcc2016.brownpapertickets.com for full event details and to purchase tickets. Absolutely. And if you might have seen one of the uh, amazing and, shall I say, very well uh, uh, composed uh, trading cards that trading you might cards? have seen around town, turn those in for a discount off your ticket price when you come in. Yeah. Um, it's going to be just a fantastic show this year. Absolutely. It's going to be the Midwest Combat Chess League's All-Star Series, as opposed to the final championship game of the season. So we've got fighters from every team in the MCCL all mixed onto the board at the same time. Absolutely. Basically the best of the best um, fighting for money and pride and fame. And fame. And, And most importantly, bragging rights. Bragging. Let's let's be honest. Bragging rights are what we all fight for at the end of the day. Shall we? <laughs> sh- shall we be honest with ourselves I here? Think we can be honest. Um, but no. Uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Uh, really, I have to say, uh, there's a very there's a very specific reason we chose this film, which is that it is a the compelling... highest rated in a Facebook poll. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, because I did an internet Facebook real. poll, but also because it's just a compelling film on the human level with really amazing fight and stunt choreography. And we really cannot give enough credit to the people who coordinated and performed the stunts and the fights in this film. You guys are the real professionals. You're the real MVPs. You're doing the things that we would really love to be paid on a daily basis to do. I'm just saying. Dude, they won't um, hear you. Yeah. <laughs> no, maybe. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, no, seriously, these, these people do deserve recognition. They have a very dangerous job. And uh, they risk their knock on a daily basis to give us moments in our films that we say wow at. And mm-hmm. we must tip our hat to those people, really. Yeah. Um, uh, does anybody else have any uh, things to plug coming up in this season? Nope. Uh, other than Human Combat Chess 2016, which you really should check out yes. to find more info at sixelementscompany.org. Uh, uh there's really nothing else to say because there's nothing else worth seeing in this theater season, really. Uh, that's incorrect, actually. Oh, oh is it? Oh, oh. We do have I something stand challenged. to plug. Yes. Uh, Mr. Dante. Oh, that's right. 
That's right. I'm in that show too. So, uh, you forgot starting your own show? No, I didn't. It's not no, like you're I the did not forget Start, it. Yeah, starting May 13th, Friday the 13th, which is a very apt uh, day for this to start. Yep. Um, Fridays and Saturdays at 8 p.m. for three weeks. So 13th, 14th, 20th, 21st, 27th, 28th at the Mounds Theater in St. Paul. We are doing Build Your Own Inferno, Ooh. which is a comedy, part improv, part scripted version of Dante's Inferno, where the audience gets to choose which levels of hell they want Dante to Dante and Virgil to traverse through. Who plays Dante? Some uh, some hack I some hear asshole. really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some, yeah. Oh wait, that's me. Uh, yeah, that's, like we said. Who I should uh, I should really learn my lines, huh? Yes, please. Yeah, do. I I'm gonna please, do that. I'm gonna do that thing. Lines. Trust me, audience. I'm gonna do that thing. Um. So yes, come and see us. Check us out at fearlesscomedyproductions.com. Uh, yep. There will be information there. We also have a Facebook page, Fearless Comedy Productions. It's easy. To yes, find. it is. And if you want to check out more uh, opportunities to learn more about stage combat or the craft that we are all uh, talking about, as if we're some kind of experts in this field, I don't know why we would. But uh, if you want to check out more about what we do and uh, to find out more about it, please check out the Minnesota Co- Minnesota uh, Stage Combat Open Gym uh, group on Facebook. Uh, it is really worth a try, and uh, you can come meet uh, some amazing stage combat professionals, such as Mike Lubke, yeah. who is a uh, certified teacher in the Society of American Fight Directors, last I checked. Yep. Absolutely. So, so, there, there's, so. there's a workshop coming up yeah, about so that, isn't in there? Addition, so, um, in addition to like the, the Minnesota Open Gym uh Organization. Yep. I, say, I call it an organization. It's mostly just me. And <laughs> it's, it's there's me nothing and organized about it, really. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a semi regular uh, meeting to just sort of connect with people who are interested in the craft, uh, practice a little bit, keep your skills sharp, um, find things that you like, and explore it. If you want to actually dive in and take some classes and explore what it takes to uh, perform stage combat. Mostly from a theatrical bent, but a lot of it, a lot of it transfers pretty directly to film work. Um, a lot of the people who work in the Society of American Fight Directors do a lot of film work. Um, so they they do the fights for Vikings. They've stunt doubled uh, in Sherlock Holmes. Uh, one of them, uh, some of them work on Daredevil. Uh, Name dropper. Yep. Well, I haven't mentioned hey, there any were names. No names. These are yeah. just <laughs> these are things that you are inter- that listeners would be interested in. So that style of, of violence, if that's interesting to you and you want to learn how to perform it, there is a workshop in Minneapolis, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, it's a Saturday, Sunday, the 28th, 29th of May. Um, uh, the Brawl of America. Brawl sta- of America! Stage combat workshop. Two-day workshop. You can take multiple classes over multiple days. Classes available for all skill levels in a variety of fighting styles. We've got top-tier, world-renowned uh, instructors from across the country uh, coming in and sharing their expertise in a variety of different disciplines. You can learn sword work, stick work, knife work, unarmed stuff. Um, it's going to be a blast. It's a great learning opportunity and great networking opportunity. Uh, so if you're interested in that, um, check out brawlofamerica.weebly.com. Uh, we'll probably put a link up in a thing. I don't know how yep. that works. I can put a link up. Sweet. Yeah. He's going to science the tech, and it's going to happen. I'm going to science the tech. <laughs> you and click the thing. Yeah. Early registration is open now. 
Yes, and, uh, yes it is. It is open until May 1st, so if you get signed up before then, you get priority class selection, and uh, registration's only 150 bucks for two full days of classes, which is one of the cheapest opportunities for you to train in stage combat in the country. It's really quite a steal. Um, and after that, the price goes up, uh, but there are discounts available for students and members of performance unions and all that jazz. But, uh, Absolutely. Uh, check it out. Um, come train with us. We'd and love to have you. It'd be a good time. We really would be. Anybody else? No. Absolutely. Hey, uh, this has been Fightcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. And uh, please, uh, when given the chance to launch or not launch a helicarrier fleet, which may possibly kill several million people... Do it. Don't do it. Or don't. <laughs> don't don't, don't do that. Anything. Press the no <laughs> button on that. Please be the conscientious object- objector. Stand up for what is right and... Uh, uh, you know, um, and thank also you for listen to more fightcast and listen to more <laughs> fightcast. Absolutely, um, yeah. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. Now go forth and conquer. <laughs>